We are the Bros Who Think Network, and you're tuned in to Bros Who Binge. Enjoy. What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. I'm Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. We're on the other half of 50, Lyndon, 51st episode. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Now the goal is to get to that hundo mark. That's the next little benchmark. 75 will be like a little pat on the back because we're halfway there. But glad to be here, man. 1-0 and pitch it. Just looking forward to my next victim. But what I'm looking forward to is being announcers with you, getting ready for that Brooklyn and uh, Charles match at the end of the month. Yeah, I think what's going to be pretty interesting about that, too, is we'll have two judges. Yeah, so I know. And we'll confirm gonna be in, stuff. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. But other than that, we watched Hobbs and Shaw this week for our review. Yeah. Uh, look, man. Uh, Only because the kitchen was not showing in town Big today. Because I would have watched it. No. Yeah. But I'll say this, Hubert. We are not reviewing another movie like that on this podcast again. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just so annoying because now we're in a situation where we're recording at a weird time and it's like, oh, man, well, we did all of this. We're going through all of this trouble because we went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. Like, give me a break. Like, there were some really quality. There's like some really quality film films that are coming out right now. And we went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. Yo, I can't wait to talk about it at the end because it is hilarious, man. It's like not a, this was like a cheesy 80s or 90s action movie. It really was. I guess. I mean, like, I don't know enough about the Fast franchise because, like, the the two Fast movies I've seen were really good. Like, the Fast and the Furious and Fast 2 are great movies, in my opinion. I thought those movies were, were awesome. This franchise changed, man. It went from Fast and the Furious being two movies, the first two being like these movies that, okay, it's stealing cars, it's it's racing. We can watch those in Undercover Cops. Yeah. And then it went like then it went to straight to DVD with Tokyo Drift. And then it went like back to stealing cars, kinda. And then Fast Five came. And I believe Fast Five was the introduction of the rock. I believe. Yes, that is the introduction of the rock. And then, like, and then from from that point on, it became more and more and more cheesy until you got to Fast Eight, and it was just like Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> like, holy shit! But see, that's the th- like, it's it's insane because like the stuff that happens in this movie is just it's just bombast. It's not even believable to a certain extent. But we'll get to all that when we get to the end and talk about the buddy cop movie of the summer. Hop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I will say this about the Hobbs and Shaw fan base, and we'll talk about it again when we reach the box office, but they show up. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, like a franchise that you don't really think about, but uh, I guess it's beloved by a lot of people who mix in, who mix into a lot of different demographics. You got to uh, think. Because like people Jason, come, out for, come out for that. Jason Statham has his fan base. The Rock has his fan base. The Fast and the Furious movies has their fan base. And then there's action movies. So they're like, this movie was Definitely going to succeed box office wise for sure. Like that, I, I had no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, because these, like and, you said, these people come out. It's like Transformers. Like even they keep shitting them out, and people keep going and watch them. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but like they want to do more. 
So we'll, we'll talk. But... <laughs> Day two. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, no, yeah, we, we, we're going to get to that because I got to go a little work. And the thing is, is the director was on Songland with Aloe Black because they were trying to find a song for like that, you know, that second end credit song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, like, this dude's up here telling us, he's like, yeah, like, we're trying to make a franchise, like, oh on, like, two to three movies. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. He's trying to he's trying to get that money, bro. That dude's trying to get his Hobbs and Shaw check. Justin Lin got that check for the fast stuff because he did a lot of the fast movies. He's trying to get that billion because he wants this movie to make a billion dollars. Like, those, like, some of those fast movies made, a, like, close to a billion, if not a billion. Yeah, definitely whichever one was the one after Paul Walker dies. That was probably the highest grossing one. And I think 8 did well, too. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty sure it did because of China. Yeah, like like I said, I only seen the first two of them things. So I don't know what their whole what the whole deal is. Because they're well, at 10 or something now, huh? No, Fast 9 comes out 2020. Tyrese. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And like, he's like, because of the Tyrese rock beef and the Vin Diesel rock beef, Hobbs and Shaw is like doing well. And Fast 9's like, oh, we're the underdog. So y'all got to come out and watch our movie. I know y'all want us to fail. We're going to succeed. F you, Hobbs and Shaw. It'll probably be more grounded in reality than... Than what we just saw. So. I don't know. She were the last one. They had a submarine on like the ice, and they like were <laughs> racing it with their cars. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! They shot a torpedo on ice. <laughs> but no, man. Let's get to some quality content because some cool stuff is happening in the world of movies. A lot for us to speculate this episode. So whenever you're ready, brother, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I think there's really a few interesting topics. Uh, some some more political than I was used to us getting into, but I think they're really interesting stories coming up. So let's get ready to go into it. All right, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. So the first thing is something that we've been excited for for a really long time, right? You know, this Titans Season 2 trailer. About damn time. We said this last episode, we were like, bro, we cannot get any closer to, like, September and not have a trailer. Like, we're in August. Yeah. Like, where is this thing? It should have came out during Comic-Con, probably, but, hey, you know, whatever. We got the rollout. Uh, it was really confusing at first to me because, like, the first half of this trailer is almost like a recap. Okay, see, wait. You, okay, so that's interesting. Because DC Universe, I think they I think they made a mistake. And I don't think Minka Kelly got, like, the word of, like, what to do. So I saw the trailer, like, super, super early when Minka Kelly just released the new footage. And, she, and then, like, shout out to our guy, Brian Edward, Brian Edward Hill, who came on the pod, who wrote, who writes for Titans. He retweeted that link. So I saw that, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, this is the new trailer. But it was a little pixelated, and then DC Universe later on that day released it and then they re they did what you said where they did the recap and then the new stuff i don't even we, we, we're not talking we don't have to talk about the recap shit like we're, we're here to talk well, about no i i don't want to talk about the recap i'm just saying it was really confusing because i was like wait haven't we all done haven't we done this before oh like, yeah no for sure for i was sure. like this isn't th this doesn't make any sense and then like it flipped around and you got to see some of the new stuff i was like here we go and I, but i get why they did that because throughout the trailer they make subtle hints at saying this isn't the show from season one. They really do that in like their wordage, like saying oh, yeah. 
how like this is a new version of Titans. Like this is like this is the new Titans. Like this is something that you guys want to see. And like, look, it looks that it, it looks like what me and you wanted from season one. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say anything negative about the show direction I, because I thought it was doing a okay you know i mean i i would i was interested in what they were doing but obviously yeah this is more of what everyone was expecting when they wanted and, to do a titans tv show and look we said i think i said this when the finale happened and when we were taking our thoughts on the season as a whole you can't i get everybody who's watching dc universe is more than likely a dc fan but if you're going to do a show that can appeal to the masses that don't necessarily know who these characters are you can't show them as, like, teen titans doing the stuff. You have to build them to that point. And I get, like, season two supposed to look like this because of season one. Like, like Raven wasn't Raven. Now she's getting control of her power. She didn't even have Trigon in her forehead yet. And, they, and like, and look, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm willing to bet you whatever. Trigon is gone after episode one. Because that, that, that diamond is on Raven's forehead for most, of that, for most of that footage. And that means that he is defeated and he's in her forehead. So that's what that means. And I believe we're going to see that in at episode one because we have to because of all the stuff that seems like coming. The uh, what else did I want to say about that? And so she had to become her. We had to, to see okay if we're going to go Robin, we don't want Robin. We want Nightwing. And to do that, you have to show how he became Nightwing. So he should be the only established one. You have to show Starfire how she became. Same thing with Beast Boy. Even though he got the shorter end of the stick, even looking at this new footage, it looks like he got the shorter end of the stick again. Yeah. But, did you Did you see anything else different? I still saw the tiger. Mm-mm. But they said I've seen from multiple sources and even from himself, he's gonna be fully green this episode. He's gonna in this season. He's gonna be able to transform to a frog, a bear, a tiger, and something else, like two other things. What do you mean fully green? Like him in human form too? Yeah, him. Like he's about to, like he's fully, he's about to fully embrace his power. So by season three, it'll be like full on transform. Like that season three is gonna be the Beast Boy, I believe that we. Okay. That we but let's talk about this trailer, man. I believe all the footage that we see with Robin is flashback. With all the dick stuff in the Robin costume is flashback. I'm 100. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Be- because you see his hair. He has the Nightwing hair going. Okay. Has- yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about it to know that there's a certain hairstyle. He had the mullet, bro. He had the he had the Nightwing mullet. I was di- I was digging it. Oh yeah, you're talking about the mullet from like uh, the New Adventures of uh, Batman. Yeah, he had the well. Yeah, he, he had his little Nightwing mullet going on. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. It was looking fire. We see, like I said, we see Raven with the diamond on her head. We see a scene of Cassie, Wonder Girl, and Starfire fighting together. People were saying that is that um I forgot who they said some weird weird um some people were speculating that it was uh I believe like some Amazonian or whatever. But I'm I'm going on the record that's Blackfire. Like I've seen rumors. Shout out to Daniel RPK. Shout out to the people that we like that we uh, follow and, and get all our, our news and stuff from. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that's Blackfire because they said that we're going to get more into Starfire's uh, personality and more into her backstory, more in her backstory. And they say that Blackfire will make an appearance. Well, that's a good villain to try and bring in after Trigon. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, and, and Deathstroke's the main. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, that, that sounds very, very realistic. That sounds like something that I would really be interested in. Like, I'm just saying, Blackfire really works. Yeah, the person I'm interested to figure out how it all equals or factors into is with Superboy. 
um, how how many episodes will we get of him? We didn't really see too much of him in the trailer, except like him talking to Crypto and maybe another couple flashes. But you know, is he going to be someone that maybe comes in near the end when they're doing more Cadmus oriented things, or how we don't know how the storyline is going to go? But we assume that. Do we do we think that it's going to be Cadmus involved, or do you think it's going to be something different? I think it's a mixture of Cadmus and Lex Luthor, and I think they hired Deathstroke. Okay, okay. Like, I think because Superboy is half Kryptonian, half Lex Luthor, I think Lex, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor has to be involved. They've casted his, his bodyguard, Mercy Graves, so we know she's in it. And I'm, I think this is going to be a Lex Luthor-Cadmus team-up, and Lex Luthor hires Deathstroke to go retrieve Superboy. Yeah, no, we're talking about Young Justice later, but I was just thinking about that when you were talking about him being one half a boy in Young Justice. Yeah. Where they, where, I forgot what that guy's name, and he was like, you are you are uh, 0.05% worthless or something like that. <laughs> because, yeah, because of his half Kryptonian, Kryptonian or whatever. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's Young Justice. But going back to Titans, besides them two, yeah, Hawk and Dove are still going to be heavily involved. Yep. Which I don't... I like their characters in the first season, so but I'm interested to see how they factor into this new Titans format, especially at their ages. I feel like they're significantly older than a lot of the yeah. people coming in. And then also Aqualad. How does he tie in all this? Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Because he's there, and then we have the children of Deathstroke. We have Ravager and uh, uh, Jericho. We have both children of Deathstroke. This season Yikes. is jam-packed. And let's not act like we didn't talk about our boy Ian Glenn and, and Dick Grayson walking the halls of Wayne Manor together. Looking like they yeah. were their issues. Looking like like we predicted when they said Batman was going to be in the show. Looking like he's about to fund the new Titans. That's what that seems like. Pretty much. as is what it's, does seem what it's going to be like. I think a lot of what we'd see out of this, and we've said this earlier, that we'd see him a lot more as Bruce Wayne than we would see him as Batman. And I think that's going to be the case. And, but I'll say this, Schubert. Rumor has it that we're getting... Yes, you're absolutely right that he's 100% mostly Bruce Wayne in this. But you know it wouldn't be Titans if they didn't do a flashback showing us Batman and Robin together working together. Of course. Yeah, they're so, going to definitely do stuff like that. Yeah, there's rumored that we're going to see Ian Glenn or someone in a bad suit, a new-looking bad suit, partnering with Robin... And they're going to battle together showing Dick and Batman's past. So, I mean, look, dude, this season is jam-packed. It looks like we're getting real comic booky. I'm thinking we're getting Nightwing's suit no later than episode three because it seems like things are moving fast. I think they also say Dr. Light's going to be one of the small villains. If you remember from the Titan show, I believe he's the villain in the flashback that the, the, that the t- ver- version of the Titans that's Dick, Wonder Girl, Aqualad, Hawk and Dove, that's who I believe their villain is. I don't know if he's going to be fighting the newer version of the Titans, but to say we have Dr. Light, Blackfire, and, and Deathstroke, this season's jam-packed. And we still have Trigon somewhere in the abyss. Yeah, um, I don't, I'm trying to remember I'm looking for it right now. I don't, did, they, did they say they upped the episode count? Or was it 13 last season? It's still 13. It's still 13? Yep. It's going to be a lot to get in 13. Yeah, it will. And that's why I'm I'm, I, I'm thinking that your thought of a time skip after like. Oh, it's happening. Episode it's happening one. After Trigon. Yeah, like episode one starts halfway through episode one. It goes six months uh, later. 
and we're gonna see a like they're gonna resolve Trigon in like the first half of the episode. Second half of the episode will get us to what we're getting to now in season two. Well, I think we're gonna drag it out longer than that. But see, from everything I'm hearing, episode two is like fully into into uh season two because the thing was that this past season was supposed to end with the finale. Like the finale was split into two and they split it for mm-hmm. half of the beginning of episode one of this new season so i'm I, there's no way they can do all this death. well yeah the first episode will probably end with the time jump and all of that but i don't know if it, I, I feel like the first episode is going to be more heavily into that situation okay because i'm thinking of it as the second half of finale so i'm thinking like okay well thinking 45 minutes of an hour episode of that is going to be fighting Trigon and then the last 15 would be res- resolution time jump get us ready for the next the next one yeah see okay I, I see what you say. I, I would go because like you were saying like half and I'm thinking is there's going to be way more to do than that or right, more than half I'll say 35 minutes about 38 somewhere in, but no more than 40 because I'm telling I think we're going to get us into that by episode two we're dealing with all new business. It's all new business by then. Sure. And I think they're going to hit the ground rolling. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm super excited. And the trailer didn't let me down. It really didn't. No, I think uh, I, I think this show is just... It's never really been much of a letdown, which has been the positive about it. Uh, usually you could always find something super positive going on, even in kind of the murkiness of it at times where you were like, uh, well, I don't know if we're, how we're going to get to where we're trying to get to. Still don't know how we're getting to where we're going to get to, but that's part of the fun. And, and it makes uh, a little more sense after seeing this trailer. It really does. Like, I, I see kind of where they're going. And, oh, also, I want to make this statement. I think Deathstroke kills Jason Todd. I don't think they're going to go with Joker. I think they're going to make it Deathstroke, make it more personal to Dick. And we're getting Red Hood season three. There's no way, there's no way. Kieran Waters is tweeting too much tweeting Red Hood pictures like every other day. Bro, he, he's going to die at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, do you think for a show on the DC streaming service that would be a big-time stretch to change that story? To make it Deathstroke? Um, the only reason why... And the reason why it's Joker in the comics is to affect Bruce. But if Bruce yeah. is old and and it's not really like it's more of a passing the torch to Dick, then what better way to affect Dick while Jason's under his watch, not Bruce's watch, than making Dick's greatest foe kill Jason? I think it would be a very interest. I think it would be a strong move for the for the uh, network. I don't think the comic book fans would be upset because of that. It Jason's death is supposed to affect whoever's Batman or whoever's quote unquote in the leader of the Bat family at the time. Yeah. So it would make sense if Deathstroke does kill Jason because I don't think they showed Joe. I don't. I don't believe we get any Batman villains. Like Deathstroke's the the only Batman villain we'll get in this show. I don't think we're getting Joker, man. I really don't. No, I don't really think there's a purpose for Joker. There's not. I, besides killing Jason Todd, and, I, and like I said, I feel yeah. like accomplish that in other ways. Yeah, I'd almost feel like if you did that with the Joker, it would just be a complete. Uh, not waste, but it would be like, why, where, where is this coming from? Kind of, it would be like an out of left field thing to do because yep. he really has nothing to do with the Teen Titans, like anything. Uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know. That's great. It was a great trailer. I'm really excited about it. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Titans trailer? No, nah, that's about it, man. That's all my, my uh, immediate thoughts on Titans. All right, the next one we have is The Hunt, right? Yeah, that's the next one. All right, The Hunt has been a very highly controversial one for me this week with, uh, where, with where I work, so I'm interested to talk about it. Um, the description of The Hunt is 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a specific purpose, The Hunt. And so basically, it's pretty much like these people find themselves in this wilderness, I suppose. Like, there was a scene in the trailer where the lady's at a store, and they're like, yeah, you're in Arkansas. And she's like, I'm not in freaking Arkansas. Yeah, she's badass. Yo, I really like this trailer, she, but I really did. Yeah, that that chick that you're talking about is, uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the chick from Glow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Betty, yeah. Betty Gilpin. Yeah, she was uh, the American flag lady in Glow. And you got Emma Roberts is going to be another one of the the people getting hunted. Uh, Glenn Howerton is going to be in this yeah. movie. I think he's one of the elites. I saw him. <laughs> that made me love the trailer even more. And then the homie from the Oath in this. From what? From the Oath. From that movie, The Oath. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's also in Suicide Squad. I can't think of his mm-hmm. name. Median. Yeah, I think I know. You're, yeah, I think I know you're talking about Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, yeah Ike Barinholtz is is also in this. This movie looks. Yeah, cool. I'm not gonna even lie to you. Yeah, the the thing about it that has been like controversial or whatever is the idea of. Um, it it came out a really weird time because the the thing that happened this week was that ESPN pulled playing it. Because mm-hmm. of what had happened last weekend with the shootings, mm-hmm. and one of the shooters, one of the shootings involved had to do with a person who wanted to go out and and shoot conservative supporters, Trump supporters, and so like this is what they're all freaking out about this week is like all these people are southern or blue collar, and all the elites want to kill them, kind of deal. So that's what the, that argument's been about. But I think that this movie looks really, really interesting, regardless of the political, the political takes behind it. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about any of those poli- those, those, those political takes. I, this movie looks this movie looks fire. Like I'm gonna definitely go see this. this movie, like when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Holy crap! This thing looks pretty damn interesting." Like yeah, it, it looked like it took the purges idea and made it Hunger Gamesy, and I and I dug that. And these people, it's not in. Unlike the Hunger Games, which became like this whole intricate society. No, this is the Hunger Games I want to see. I want to see these people what those elites at. Like, Glenn Howerton's going to die. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, like, it really was supposed to be a bigger social, or not social, but political commentary. Because the original title of it was going to be Red versus Blue. Or, like, Red mm. Stage versus Blue Stage or something like that. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, so I, I think the direction they're going with it right now seems seems like a, seems like a good one. Uh, I mean, I want to see Hillary Swank and all these people try and go out and kill. I think it's Hillary Swank and Glenn Howerton are like the the elites or whatever. And yeah, I, I've, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes because there's going to be those horror elements involved. Um, 
Oh man, who's behind this? I was just looking at it the other day. I think it, I'm pretty Blumhouse. sure it is a horror guy. Well, and Blumhouse is behind it. The director is Craig Zobel, who hasn't really done anything. Uh, well, he did. He was a director for some episodes of Westworld and, uh, and The Leftovers. So he's done a lot of TV. It's probably one of, I guess, probably his biggest movie debut film directing. You know, directing. So we'll see. Yeah. I think. Uh, I, I went, yeah, I was I was actually really glad that this was brought up to me because I was like, oh, I need to check this trailer out. And then when I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'm, def- I'm definitely going to go give the movie a peek. Sure, yeah, The Hunt. Um, the next trailer is um, another really highly anticipated movie. Once this trailer popped out, I saw some people who'd seen it at different festivals say, you know, give it really high praises. And it's the movie Honey Boy. Which was produced by Shia LaBeouf, written and produced. Yeah, it's written and produced by Shia LaBeouf, and it's directed by uh, it, the director. Is, this is his debut uh, movie, so I forget. Yeah. But and then it's the story basically of how of Shia LaBeouf's life, pretty much him becoming sort of star, yeah. him into stardom. It's going to show like even Stevens how he got into that. It's going to show him in the Transformers, but it's about like his dad's effect on his life. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. Yeah, I think it, I I really stray from saying that it's going to be like a, almost a biopic thing because I mean like there was definitely differences in but you could see the similarities was what I thought was the interesting part of it is like you have to think of this as not a Shia LaBeouf movie but then like you see the influence behind it and you can obviously tell that he took influences from his own life because like even in the trailer when that kid was like. In the Hawaiian shirt, the cargo pants. I was like, yeah. oh, dude, like this guy, yeah, like what you said, like he looks so even Stevens. And they they, um, they they based it on his childhood. Yeah, it's not like a direct biopic, but it's like it's based on his childhood. I'm reading the IMDb right now. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's definitely largely based, and you could even tell that more with Lucas Hedges's character and kind of the the downturn. Mm-hmm. The the one thing the one line that really just stuck out to me the most was when he's in the back of the cop car and he's saying like, "You do not understand how good I am at my job," and I'm just yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I could totally see Crazy Shy during that period when he was Crazy Shy saying something like this. Yeah, it's I don't like, think he could. Uh, he couldn't. So that's interesting because he can't. You're right. He can't do it based off because Disney would let him like do that all even Steven stuff and talk about like. The Disney stuff. So yeah, it is. I'm like I'm reading an article on it right now. Just a so like he took like there's a picture of for example when he has curly hair and he has the glasses and somebody's like rubbing on him. There's like a picture of to the even Stevens comparison or when he's dressed up with like the uh, uh cur- the curlers and the pigtails and stuff with the lipstick on. There's a comparison to that getting pie thrown in. Like bro, like they did a good job. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think they did a really good job, and this guy uh, Noah Jupe or Jupe, who's going to be playing the younger version. Uh, okay. This is supposed to be like his debut big time film, and I've been hearing that he does phenomenally, phenomenally. Kind of like this is one of the next big up and coming kid actors coming into the coming into the game. And I'm already a fan of Lucas Hedges. I think that he does a great job in whatever film he's been in. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. So, like, I hope that they give him a, a good bit of screen time as well because I am interested in that angsty 
child adult Shia, or you know, in this care in this case, the character's name's Otis. And I love that they pulled the Transformers meme where he's like, no, 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 and like you see, like that was straight Transformers. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like he is for him to do this. This is very like, I guess, like very accepting of who he was. Like it just shows that he's grown as a person to to be well, able to do this. Well, I feel like it's a story that I guess some people have told before, but it's something that's always kind of a, f- uh, a fun, not I wouldn't say fun to tell, but like an important story to, to, to tell based upon child actors and how they progress into society and how things go when you have either an overbearing parent or, you know, yeah. how that, how that even happens. Cause you know, as young kids, you're not going to auditions by yourself, you know? So the influences of how you become a star that, that young of an age, what kind of what kind of situation does that put you in or the people that you're around, how that raises you. Like, I think that that's going to be, you know, a big driving force of this movie. And I think we've always kind of wondered it with whether it's Lindsay Lohan, Macaulay Culkin, Shia LaBeouf, Anyone who's had kind of like a rough patch, even Miley Cyrus too, Demi Lovato. There's, yeah, I, that's why I'm I'm kind of it. It goes back to that original pitch it that I talked about when I wanted to do that Jonas Brothers uh, biopic, where like mm-hmm. I wish they could really dive into some of the Disney stuff. So I'm wondering how if he can parallel it in a way that he doesn't get in trouble. I mean, obviously the movie's coming out, so I, look, I got, man, from those pictures, Schubert. I like I get and that's why he didn't name it himself and that's why it's like a, a different story but like yo that was that was even Steve, like he did like he's he's walking a thin line like Disney, like I'm I'm shocked Disney's letting this happen I'm I'm really shocked because like that looked like even Steve, but but I guess you're right because he's not using the name and it's a and it's an original story quote unquote he can get away with it but I want to see how in depth he goes in on like his time at at Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, that's an interesting phase. But like I said, I really think that the Lucas Hedges part of this movie is the most thing that I'm the most excited for. Uh, just because I want it's going to take a really great acting job by Lucas Hedges, I feel, to play that age of this Otis character. You know, I feel like there's really a lot of layers to that to that character when you get to him at that age. Yeah, From no, the cop sure. scene to the set, the set scenes to him interacting with other people, uh, I'm wondering how they're going to toe that line because you definitely saw a lot more of the the kid the in the up, trailer, yeah. uh, but I feel like that was a, a lot of pulling things back. The one thing I've really enjoyed about some of the trailers I've seen recently is they have done a good job of not showing you everything. Yeah, uh, but that's a, that's a, not of course with everything. I wonder if he's gonna make fun of the "do it" meme. Like, I wonder how, like, how in de- like, how how far into his life does this go? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm really hoping that the Lucas Hedges part of it is not just a quarter of the film. You know, I, I hope that they have it a nice sixty forty or fifty fifty. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see how much like how much is the child and because it's his dad, how much like and he plays his dad and it's his yeah. relationship. We're gonna have to see like how the dad affected him when he grew up, but, like, how much of it is that beginning stuff, like, like you said, of 
his dad bringing him to auditions, his dad, like his dad pushing him, how, like how much of it is the film? And I'm thinking it might be 60% of that and then like 40% of the Lucas Hedges stuff. And I guess the other part, interesting part of that too is um, how he feels about his dad, I guess. And I, I guess yeah. I would need to read more about Shia LaBeouf's life to understand like what all that's going through. But like from the understanding that you get in the trailers, he don't that, like is that he? But he also appreciates him in a way. That's what I yeah. kind of felt like. It was like an appreciation and a disdain, where like, of course he, I went. I guess I would say abused, you know, kind of abused him in a way and gave him a rough childhood, but also drove him to have, I guess, a drive for acting. Yeah, I don't know, but I but I don't know. Well, I I I think it's just a movie that we need to get out in the theater. I'm pretty sure it's coming out pretty soon, and just see it because I'm almost mad that I probably missed it in the festivals. I'm pretty sure it was at New Orleans Film Festival, so I'm kind mm -hmm. of bummed. Yeah, that would have been a good one to go to go see. And yeah, whenever this comes out, I will definitely be in theaters. November eighth. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there to check this out because this looks damn good and yeah it, it talks about his, his he says it, the way that uh entertainment weekly describes it is his dad is him and his dad have a very conflicted relationship in how his father is an ex-rodeo like i wonder if that was in real life oh his dad had alcohol abuse okay so yeah that yeah, his, his father was abusive word oh wait his dad was an ex-rodeo clown yeah <laughs> oh dude yeah this is almost straight up for real yeah. That's what that's what he said in the trailer. It was like, oh yeah, I was just I was a clown or whatever. I was I, I was only good enough to be a rodeo clown. And then yep. there's even have him as in a clown uh, makeup. Yep, I'm t bro. This that's what I'm saying. Like this stuff is really like the way everybody is describing this is like it's really really close to his life. Like, but it's still an original story. Interesting. All right. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm like that. That was. And I think we talked about this off air too. That was one of the more sh things this week that really struck me. I was like, wow, you know, this looks really, really good. Yeah, it does. It, it gave me, like, I'm not going to say it gave me the same vibe as the, as the, uh, uh, God, what was that? The nine, uh, mid 90s. What, mid 90s? Yeah. It, well, I'm you're just saying say, that because Lucas Hedges. No, but like, just the way it was kind of shot, the way it kind of looked, it just, it, it gave me that vibe of like, I guess just like a really good indie flick, like a sure. really, really good indie flick that's like, it's not about necessarily the action. It's not about like all the pro pro proliferary stuff, CGI. No, it's just about you got to follow along with this great acting. And if they don't do a good job, you're not going to believe it. And I think uh, I think for us personally, I think we're ready to watch something like that. We've oh, been watching sure. a lot of Disney and a lot of blockbusters. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can go for a ground, like a real grounded movie, yeah. story, like Some, drama. Yeah, no, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you for sure. That's why I'm kind of excited for The Kitchen, because like even though it is kind of a, a comic book property, I feel like it is kind of got its own isolated story in a way, you know? Oh, yeah, no, that's... But it's not like, an indie. It's definitely not an indie. Yeah. Like, those indie DC comics are just like, I'm glad that people do that, because it's based in the real world. It has no real superness in it. It's just like a, if this situation happened, like, how do these people respond? And that's going to be a, a damn good movie. But speaking of DC, we have a lot, a lot of rumors going out right now. So starting off, 
the stars of Tenet are obviously John David Washington and Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is doing the Batman. It is being rumored that John David Washington will be joining his Tenet co-star in the Batman to play Matt Reeves' version of Harvey Dent. It also is rumored that this version of Harvey Dent, it won't, we'll see the transformation of Two-Face over three movies. So in the first movie, we will not see him supposedly as Two-Face. It will be a transformation over time, and it will, re- real, and it will really show Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent's friendship. I think this is very interesting if it can be pulled off the right way, because I don't think we've seen the true like heartbreak of what Harvey Dent was, because in The Dark Knight, him and Batman weren't friends. He was Batman's girlfriend's new boyfriend. But if you really know Harvey Dent, it, the story is heartbreaking because he is Batman's best friend. He's Bruce Wayne's best friend. And it's like Two-Face is his mask. Batman is his mask. And they have to deal with that, that they both know each other's secrets and they're best friends. So if John David Washington ends up getting casted and this ends up being true, I like John David Washington as Harvey Dent, man. Sure. Yeah, I think that that'd be a really interesting casting for Harvey Dent. Um, definitely kind of changes the idea of who was it that played him in Dark Knight? It was um, oh, man. Uh, it, was, it was Aaron. What's that guy's name? Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, so it's definitely big contrast from that. And I think it's important to try and make this movie way more isolated than your other Batman movies. Really go in there and switch things up, make it your own universe, make it your own thing. So, you know, yeah. I like I like that we're not trying to make anyone look like something in the past. Well, well, in terms of the past, that's funny you say that because this kind of rec- – I really feel like Matt Reeves is really inspired by Tim Burton's Batmans because do you know who the Harvey Dent was in Tim Burton's Batman? Yeah, yeah, I do remember. It's Billy uh, D. Williams. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yes, and, like, he's doing the Catwoman. He's doing the pink. I really feel like Matt Reeves was inspired by that. Sure, I mean, those are really big-time Batman movies. I know a lot of people that still feel like those are the the best representation of Batman movies. And, I mean, look, he grew up. That, that was probably what he grew up watching, so it makes sense. We have some more rumors, so before we finish up on all this Batman talk, because we got more to get to, it's rumored that Paul Hauser a.k.a. the other homie from Black Klansman who looks like... Yeah, we just talked about him last week for yeah. being Corella. He's rumored to be playing Penguin. I don't like that. I, I don't know how I feel about that either. Like, that's the... He, he, it's going for that classic Penguin, but we, we figured that. But, I mean, look, if we're going for classic Penguin, I'd rather him than Josh Gad, because at least I can believe he can get mad. Sure, yeah, but I... I yeah, I don't know. I guess... It, I, there's been so many iterations of Penguin that I really don't know what you're going to go with. Yeah. Um, like, I'm kind of glad that, you know, you're going away from Josh Gad because I didn't really want a mixture of Danny DeVito slash Goofy Penguin. Yeah. Um, I still feel we could get that, though, even with this guy. Like, that's why I feel like I'm with yeah. you when I don't like Because, like, he could go either way. He could be the arms dealer that we talked about and be Iceberg Lounge, like Skinny Penguin, that's like the businessman, like that, that can also be like really violent, but he looks like he's going to be typical Penguin. Like, you know what I mean? Like Chubby, the the one from the beginning of Batman animated series, not the second version. Well, I think that would be good if he was the, like the first one from the Batman animated series. It just depends. Like, I just don't, I don't know enough about Paul Hauser because like the main really thing I've seen him in is Black Klansman. 
I didn't yeah. really see Itania, or I oh, don't I really remember I, him in it. He, oh man, okay. Now that you say he was in Itania, I do remember he was the he was the boyfriend. He was he was Sebastian Stan's best friend, so he was doing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was doing the dumb shit. Same same kind of role. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, I just I don't, I don't know, know if I can take him seriously thing. enough to be the villain. He looks, like like a, he looks more like a henchman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's always kind of played a henchman, too, so it's just like... But this is a rumor, so, you yeah, know, you never know. Yeah, and, and look, even if he does get cast, let's give this guy a chance, Schubert. Maybe he's trying to get out of the henchman lifestyle. Maybe he's trying to become a villain, bro. Let this guy, let this guy get his shine on. <laughs> I feel you. I'm just in the in, a, in the realm of speculation. That's oh, yeah, definitely no. not where the direction I would think that you would want to go. Also rumored right now, this guy's actually rumored to be in the Marvel Universe as well. He's in talks with both Marvel and DC. For Marvel, it's it could be anybody from Norman Osborn to Magneto. But for DC, he's rumored to be in talks to get into the Batman. People are believing that this may be our Jim Gordon. Okay. Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito might be Jim Gordon. And Jamie Foxx is also rumored for the Batman. Yo, a lot of black actors coming into the Batman. Like, I don't know who Jamie Foxx could be. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm definitely cool with that. Like, immediately the first thing I think of is I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, you can't just make every every character in Batman black. And be like, uh, why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, hey, that's a shout out to the Latino community. John Carlos Esposito. He's a he's a He's a... Uh, He's part of your community, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get so, you get us a Latino uh, Jim Gordon. I'm down. Yeah, I th- you know, I think y- you just cast people who you think are going to be compelling in the role. I almost think that Jamie Foxx would be an interesting Jim Gordon. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> he would be. You know, Jamie's getting up in tooth. He would be a great Jim. Man, that's interesting. Who, who do you think? Because like they don't have any. Because I almost feel like this guy's too old. But like the but thing is, him. is that he needs to be older than. Than Batman Bruce. by a lot too, like, like significantly. Like he needs to be old enough to where when Batman was a kid, he was the lieutenant who checked on him when his parents died. That's how old Jim Gordon has to be. Sure, and you got to think that he's got to have a daughter that's yeah going to be coming in around. But I mean, even that, even Batgirl, I guess, is what almost ten years younger than Batman, huh? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you like. It depends on. Well, your and I mean, if we're, and also if we're gonna have what a, a late twenties Batman. Then yeah. I guess Barbara would be around 18. sixteen. It just like between sixteen and eight, eighteen think, and twenty. Think about it like this: Yeah, between sixteen and twenty, I'm rocking because think about Batman the animated series. Because when Bruce was like what twenty eight in that series, Barbara was she graduated high school into college, and that's when the supposed relationship between them took place. So I, I think we can see a Barbara anywhere from like you said, anywhere between sixteen and twenty one. And it makes sense, but you have to have a Jim Gordon that's old enough. And speaking of Barbara, it is it's been reported that that they're looking Warner Brothers is actively looking for a Batgirl director because they are actively looking to get Batgirl into the universe along with the Gotham City Sirens and to do that whole bird. So they want to do a standalone. Yeah, they want to give her own movie. That was reported by Nate Briella for Rolling Hollywood. Shout out to those guys. And by that Batgirl, they want to do Barbara Gordon? Like, I don't know. When I just hear Batgirl, like, I don't know if they're going to do a Barbara Gordon story with Batgirl. See, I I think they would have to because I'm not, like, you can't do Stephanie Brown. Cassandra Cain's already in 
uh, Birds of Prey and she's a child. She doesn't look like she's anywhere for any position to become a bad girl. I'm yeah. thinking if you're going to put her on the screen for the first time, it's got to be Barbara Gordon. But I think that's um, interesting if Giancarlo Esposito is Jim Gordon, because then then our Daisy Ridley potential seems... Well, I mean, I guess Daisy Ridley could be Giancarlo Esposito's daughter, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you would want like your Ana de Armas, huh? That's where you'd want to come in. But, but see, I don't that know. That would probably work. Hey, wasn't she just in this movie we saw? Yeah. I think yeah, she, right? Yes, yeah. Was. And I thought she was badass, too. Yeah, she's badass. That's and if saying. Vanessa Kirby is is our Catwoman, then look, I'm cool with it because she showed me she could do that stuff. Talking about Vanessa Kirby? Yeah, from from uh, um, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> the chick that played Shaw? <laughs> Who played Shaw's sister. Oh. That's her. That's the girl who's rumored for Catwoman. Oh, well, I mean, I actually, I feel more confident in her after today, then. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I thought, because I actually enjoy her in that movie. She, she was, was one of, of, she was one of my more favorite parts. Yes, she she saved the movie. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm into that. that. Yeah, no, but all this bat, it, it, we're gearing up, Schubert. Filming's about to start at the end of the year. I really hope, if out of all these castings, I hope the John David Washington one is true. Uh, John Carlo Esposito. It's going to depend on if he goes to Marvel or not. It, it he's up because he's up. He's talking to Marvel right now, and they want him to either be Norman Osborn for the Spider Man universe. Or maybe Magneto. He's he. They're interested in him for a lot of things. Will he choose DC over Marvel? It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. That's and, all going to depend on the role. So I mean, if he's yeah. going to pick DC over some of those Marvel roles they're dishing out, you got to believe he's going to be like Jim Gordon or some some major villain or yeah. He's, he's got to be something big. There's no way that he's just going to yeah be, be just some random. Yeah. But like, if if you're going to cat, that's what I'm saying. If he's choosing DC. It's got to be Jim Gordon. I, I don't see any other villains. Like, I really, like, in from the villains we've heard, Firefly. Mad Rick, Hatter? Maybe. Like, but would John Carlo Esposito be Mad Hatter? No. I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could maybe, if, you could maybe convince me he's Ra's al Ghul. Maybe. That's, like, the only villain I can think That's a stretch. Of. And that's a, that's a big stretch. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be Jim Gordon. And, and honestly, if we're talking from Marvel, for those rumors... I only like Norman Osborn because if he's rumored to be Magneto, I can't see it. I can't see that either. Yeah, so that's just. I'm, but I could, I could. But out of all the things that we've said, I think he would be the best Norman Osborn. Yeah, even more so than Jim Gordon. I'm with you on that too. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I agree with that as well. But, uh, in, but out of out of all the rumors that you've said, though, I think that that John David Washington one is by, by far the most interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think that would. Three. I think that would give. Two Face a little bit more to do. Like if you're gonna cast John David Washington, then I better see a lot more Two Face than I'm ex- than I was originally expecting. That also tells me that his chemistry with Robert Pattinson must be good. Sure, that which would make you more excited for Tenant, huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, Warner Brothers is keeping those two together, and if they're the face of this Batman movie, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think that those would be two guys to to run with pretty yeah. pretty well i think i think you know with all the uns- unsure pe- with all the unsureness that people have in robert pattinson i feel like adding john david washington would be a little some something that people would have some confidence in because I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like you know he's really hitting a heart hitting a hot streak where robert pattinson was like doing all these indies that no one had seen yeah so, 
And then look, if, imagine if you cast Jamie Foxx as your Jim Gordon. Then like, what? Like what? <laughs> you think? Do you think Jamie Foxx did pull that off? What is he? Like, forty? He's in his forties, huh? Yeah, he's, but, Jamie Foxx is getting getting up there in tooth. But the thing is, like, do I believe Jamie Foxx as Jim Gordon? Can I believe that? I don't know. I don't know. I would like someone in between him and Giancarlo. Esposito. Esposito, yeah. Like some somewhere in between that. Yeah. If Denzel Washington wanted to like ever do a comic book movie, my God. He oh probably- my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but now we're living in La La Land. Like for sure, for sure. We're lucky we're getting his son. Like, but that that just tells me how good this at Warner Brothers is taking this Batman movie seriously, and they need to. Like, you can't come out with a Batman movie post Christopher Nolan and not take it seriously, especially after that Batman versus Superman fiasco. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that you're going to have to... There's just going to be a lot of convincing that they're going to have to do. And uh, I, I kind of like the approach that's been coming out of the camp is like, here, we're doing what we're doing, and you know, we're not looking to appease. Like, If you're upset yeah. with it, then you're upset with it. Then, But we're doing what we want to do. So Exactly, and I can't blame them for that. So the next story we have is American Crime Story Season 3 is officially moving forward with the FX series set to tell the story of the impeachment of Bill Clinton. President Bill Clinton, Beanie, uh, Beanie Fieldstein will star as Monica Lewinsky with Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp and Anne Leigh Ashford as Paula Jones. The season will be based on Jeffrey Tobin's book, A Vast Conspiracy, the real story of the sex scandal that nearly brought down a president. Production on season three will begin in February with a slated premiere date of September 27th, 2020. I am interested, like, I liked the OJ one, of course. The OJ one was phenomenal. I thought the, um, assass- the assassination of Gianni Versace was not as highly, I guess, acclaimed as it should have been because I really thought that was a very underrated season. And I, it did get Emmy nods. I thought it was damn good. But this... It was good. The the thing about it was it was something that not a lot of people knew people enough knew. about. And that's my thing. That's why I say this this one, this one has potential to be OJ level, if not maybe a little higher. Yeah. The 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 reason that I found out about this story was, again, at work because the I guess the controversy around it is that it's like an impeachment story Oh my right God. before elections. <laughs> and so, like, they were upset that they were going to, like, put the Clintons in a bad light before the elections. I don't know. Oh. But but anyway, anyway. That's, that's interesting coming from your word. Like, no, you know? no, no, I'm saying, like, they're praising it in that way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the intention of these peeps. But 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 it was there's been a lot of people who have gone at FX to change the date mm. because of because of that reason. And FX has come out and said like we're not changing it like this we want to we wanted to come out at this time like this is our decision like we're gonna do it. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, like Bill did this. Like we we getting this story off. If Bill don't want it, he can sue. He can try to sure. get off court. But other than this, I'm getting ready for this American Crime Story season three. I'm gonna watch the hell out of this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested. Did you know that Monica Lewinsky hosted a dating show in the early 20s? I did not know that. Yeah, look, look, look that up because like that's pretty funny. It was like this thing about where people would be in like I want to say like armor, or they'd be all wear, be wearing masks or something. Like I don't remember what it was, but it was like something absolutely insane. And Monica Lewinsky was the because so like she's been in the showbiz world, so I, yeah, seeing yeah. her. Seeing her set to produce this, 
you know, isn't it something that's too far fetched? And you definitely want someone who lived it to be a part of it. You know? Oh, she's producing it. Real? That makes yeah, yeah. her even crazier. Yeah, she's producing it, and uh, so you got Beanie Feldstein that's going to play Monica Lewinsky. I don't really like that casting too much. I don't really feel like they look anything alike. I don't know. Uh, who, I'm about to look her up. Beanie Feldstein is the chick from Booksmart. Mm, I don't. That yeah, that don't even do. That don't do nothing for me, Shubert. I'm sorry, brother. I'm gonna I'm look her up, but continue what you're saying. Uh yeah. So. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, now I okay. I know who she is. Yeah. Well, I mean, does she look? Uh, she. It's it's an interesting casting. She kind of looks like her. Sort of. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm more. I'm more interested in seeing how the story gets laid out than who's playing the playing the roles. Yeah. Because I mean, like, in something like that that I didn't really live. Um, how close you get to the actual people doesn't really matter to me. Like. How close really was David Schwimmer to Kardashian? But I, it didn't matter to me, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, I just want I just want the story told to me for sure. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an interesting story, and I'm excited for the the next installment of American Crime American Crime Story. I feel like this is just a really, really great anthology thing that they've got going on, being able to dramatize some of the major events in our history with when it comes to crime and they've done very bad vastly different things this is completely different than the past two things that they've done you know because a lot of the past two have been about deaths and wasn't what the menendez murders was a different thing huh yeah, yeah the was different, was different. Yeah, the first one is the, uh, of course, like you said, the murder, the trial. But the first one was mostly just a trial of like discussing a murder. The second sure. one was, was an assassination. This one is like a straight political, uh, like a uh, like just like some ca- characters. It's, like, it's pretty much like House of Cards yeah. meets um, meets West West Wing. West, yeah, like I don't know. It's all of that, and I, I'm interested to see if we ever get a season that's like, I don't like, I don't want to say the Tupac Biggie story, but you, but when I say that, you know what I mean by me saying that, like. You, uh, I don't know if he would go any. I don't think he could do that, just because there's no resolution. Mm, so you, you think he needs stuff with everything has to have a resolution? I think so. I don't think he could do something that doesn't have an answer to it, because okay. then, then there's really no. And I think that's why they, they that they didn't do the Katrina thing because wasn't American Crime Story supposed to do Katrina before uh, Gianni Versace and before this? I don't understand how they could do that. I don't understand. I didn't understand how. The, I think they were going to talk about the levees being broken and and that type of stuff. But, but that was one of the things that they wanted to talk about. Like I remember when that was a story that that was going to be one of the seasons, but I guess they dropped it. Uh, but like I said, I'm interested to see if they do any drug dealers, like anything like high priced and stuff like that something a crime that i don't know about about like a famous drug dealer who was involved with like famous people who got arrested oh i mean i feel like at this point that's going to be crimes that you know about i mean we went to oj and even the gianni versace even though that most people didn't know too much about it, that's a huge name yeah uh, now we're going presidents like i mean yeah. like we're, it's gonna know, be it's, it's gonna be mean. something giant yeah true 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 i'm with you but that's all i got like like I guess the things that I could possibly think of, like maybe Casey Anthony. But that's uh, what I'm, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, where do you like? Do we get like a crime crime? Like, this is a crime, but you know what I mean. Are we getting like some 
murder that's like some high price, like real in the in the face of like the American zeitgeist murder. Like, like for example, the J- Jason Todd Lee serial killings. Like that that's just an example. Like you you had a good one, Casey Anthony. Like, is it gonna be stuff like that? Aaron Hernandez. Ooh, they yo, that would be an but that would be an amazing, but I don't know if they they let him do it because of this. Like, if I was his wife, I'd let him do it because, like, let me get that paper. But uh, I, I just don't like that. That's interesting. Would the NFL let him do it too? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, like, and even there'd even be a the level of Florida as well because I mean there was stuff that went on in Florida. Yep, there's a lot in the you know the NCAA, the NCAA. <laughs> Nancy Blay ain't doing anything for anybody. <laughs> no, we talked about that on the last episode. Because <laughs> they, they, that Florida team had a lot, bro. That Florida team was the gangster Florida team. They they had Tim that's why, like it's like the cover boy, but they had gangsters on that team. That's why off off topic though. I'm so mad that they have that they're parading Urban Meyer around and having him <laughs> comment on other coaches like he's like the god of coaching. I'm like this dude did so much scummy scummy me shit behind the scenes that no one's gonna ever know about yeah. because he covered it up so well he really did that floor because that they had scandals over there in games <laughs> jeez did they ever <laughs> this is this is the movie pod which is giving his urban bar take i mean it's it's one of those things like you know how pete carroll left to go to the seahawks and then like all the shit went down at usc yeah that was fucked up too pete like pete dodged the bullet only like what, got the they got the uh, shrapnel of that. What I want to know, and we'll never know, is was Urban Meyer really not feeling sick, or did he knew that he needed to get out? In both cases, I, yeah, in both yeah, cases, you, know, you gotta. I think in Florida, he he definitely might have had to get out. Cause think about that. Like people on Twitter post those memes, and I know we're going real off topic. And I'm sorry, but this could be an American crime story. This really could be. Yeah, it like, could be. The, the look into like the Urban Meyer saga and the players who were at Florida because you got to think you had Aaron Hernandez who was having his gang trouble. You had Percy Harvin who had his issues. Scam Newton. This was when Cam Newton was definitely in his taking money stuff. Who else was on that I team? I mean, you could almost like if the I know the NCAA would never allow them to do it, but there's a lot of things revolving around college sports that you could do oh for these Amer- these American crime stories. That's why that's what's it's going through my head right now. I'm like, you know, even. Um, you could do What's betting. his name? In Michigan State, the gymnastics coach. Yo. You could do Jerry Sandusky, Penn State. Yo, the NCAA would not let them get that off. But that would be a crazy American crime story. Yeah. And that would be something that would interest me because it's like it's so different. And like when you when you talk about crimes that happen in the world of sports, they feel different because sports are supposed to be pure. So but when it happens, it's like, whoa, this hit like it, it hits the American. American zeitgeist in a way that like other big crimes don't necessarily like they could not be as bad but like when sports crimes happen they hurt a little more if that makes sense sure and talking about a sports crime that hurts what ha- what if uh, this whole new orleans roger goodell scenario goes bigger than it is maybe that could mm-hmm. be an american crime story how the You're nfl how the mm-hmm. nfl spited new orleans because <laughs> they didn't think the city was big enough or they didn't like the demographic they wanted to give it to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's all I got on this, Shuby. Whenever you're ready to get us back on topic, let's get going. All right. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is 
our boy Terry Crews, Terry Crews and Ludacris are going to do a dramatic thriller, John Henry, um, that's going to be released by Saban Films. John Henry is a modern adaptation of the story of an African-American folk hero of the same name. It follows Crew, uh, Hen- Henry, who's played by Cruz, after he abandons a crime-riddled life for a peaceful one in Los Angeles. But when he crosses path with two immigrant kids who are running from the leader of his former gang, he's forced to confront the violence of his past in hopes of saving them. The original folk hero story centers on a steel-driving man tasked with hammering a steel drill into rock to make holes for explosives to blast the rock and constructing a railroad tunnel. He won a race against a steam-powered rock drilling machine. Um, and this, fi- this film is not the only John Henry adaptation in the works. The Rock and Netflix announced last year that Netflix has secured the rights to John Henry and the Statesman. Yeah, see, I remember that when you when I read this story. I think news, we've talked about that. Yeah, I was like, I, I forgot. I thought the, the Rock was supposed to play John Henry, so I knew that that was coming. But interesting to see Terry Crews and Ludacris do something with him. Luda getting into his his acting bag more than Fast and the Furious. I see, I see you out there, Luda. It, it, this is interesting, man. Good for uh, good for Terry Crews and Ludacris, and maybe Saban Films are trying to make a, a American folk hero uh, universe. Paul, I don't Bart. know. I don't know, because like you know, when you read the description here, I feel like this is going to be a way more modern take of John Henry. Like I don't even think that he's going to be fighting a drill machine. Like If anything, I think that's going to be the more true folk story would okay. be this The Rock in the, you know, doing the Statesman. Because like, yeah. you know, reading that description, he's going to Los Angeles and dealing with gangs and, oh. and violence. Like oh. I, don't, I don't really... So like that's where I'm so confused with what the direction that they're going with the with Terry Crews, John Henry. Yeah, um, it might be a modern folk. It just might be like a modern interpretation of it. But yeah, like what you were saying, though, I think that this opens up the idea of maybe going toward to do some of those American folk stories as big budget or bigger budget films like, you know, Paul Bunyan, even though I don't know how you do that with Pecos Bill. Yeah. Pecos Bill uh, would be cool. Pecos Bill would be interesting. Billy the Kid. Uh, uh, Billy, Billy the Kid. I, I would like to see a lot of Americans, like, uh, what is it, animal folklore? I wouldn't even say animal, but, it, like, you know, Bigfoot, Mothman again, uh, New Jersey Devil. Mm, okay. Know, I would like to see, like, those kinds of stories as well. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm but yeah, up, so they're making two John Henry movies. <laughs> I'm making a. Li- I'm looking at the list right now. If it would load up, damn, it didn't load up in time. But I was looking at like the American folk heroes by like the map, like per state. Oh, really, really? Yeah, I was trying to uh, see because you have so many different states have their folk heroes. Like for example, do you know the story of Daniel Boone? Oh yeah, Daniel Boone, and yeah, Davy Crockett as well. Even yep. though he was a real person. Yeah, he, you got Rip Van Winkle. That's an American folk story. Yeah, yeah. You got John, uh, I'm trying to see. You have Captain Kid's Treasures, Old Storm Along, Molly Pitcher, John Magarak, J- Johnny Appleseed. That was one. Johnny that, Appleseed, that was one. Yeah, that was definitely Captain John Smith, Old Black Joe, Bear Rabbit, oh, Bear Rabbit, Bold mm-hmm. Evil, John Henry, of course, Man Without Co- Ponce de Leon. That's a Florida Ponce one. Pirate Lafitte. That's the Louisiana. That's Louisiana. Yeah, John Lafitte. You got Casey Jones, Huck Finn from Mississippi, Davy Crockett, Tennessee. A bunch of different. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if I see any more that are like real. Calamity Jane. Calamity Jane. Yeah, that's Buffalo Bill. 
How about I get that? Buffalo take? Bill, yeah. Okay, that was the other one I was thinking of besides Pecos Bill. Jesse James. Yep. Kit Carson. Okay. I so, think yeah. The West has a lot of cool gunslingers in Western tales. That would be something. So, I mean, if we're, if we're looking for adaptations to make movies out of instead of going back to the old movies and remaking them, you know, maybe we can just visit these old American folk stories and give them, like, true-to-form movies. Uh, and, you know, having that John Henry one on Netflix with The Rock, that, you know, that opens a lot of things up. That Netflix needs to find content, and they need to find it fast. Yeah. So here's a bunch and, of written-down content. Who's the statesman, you know? Like, is is that people who go hunt Pecosville and go hunt uh, uh, Calamity Jane? Like, that could be, like, I know people aren't really into Westerns like they used to be, but, man, you could do a folklore American Western universe where, like, everybody, like, different, like, bounty hunters encounter different, like, for like can counter Calamity Jane or Wild Bill Hickok or, or like, Billy the Kid. You know what I mean? You say that, but I do think that the Westerns may have a slight comeback. Just I think that people could get back into them again if they're done right. Oh, and I, would, I, I love and that. I, I 100% think that one of the next video game adaptations coming is going to be that Red Dead. Mm, you because you, because you can you could do you could do that. I think yeah, you could do you that. Could. But I, I think for that you'd have to pay real. You'd have to stay close to the story. If not, you'd go all out of bounds. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we're going to see with The Witcher. And, yeah, and, and some of these other things how they decide to incorporate. Uh, what's the other one that's coming out? The Nathan Drake Uncharted. Oh, that, yeah, that. the Tom Holland thing that Sony's doing. Yeah, so I guess those are going to be kind of the ter- determining factors. And, with and then the, the Jake Gyllenhaal Division. Division, yeah. Yeah. Tom Clancy. Next up, we got guess who's coming to direct Venom 2. He might not be being the Batman because he's too busy getting ready to direct his movie. Andy Serkis, what? He's going to do Venom 2. He's really excited about it. He was a big Venom fan growing up. He posted reading the comics. Schubert, are you excited for Venom 2, but directed by Andy Serkis and helped written by Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy played a part in writing this movie. Um, I, I mean, I, I think, don't they have a past in working together? I'm not quite sure about that, but. Yeah, think, I'm not sure about that either, but they might. But they might, and, you know, maybe this is kind of a collab with them. But they did you know, I, make totally I, different from the first one. Like Tom Hardy really didn't like the first one too much and him and Andy Serkis have a vision and it seems like Sony's rocking with it. But that's interesting because now well, that's and that makes me sound even better now. It because, makes it like, sound better, I did, but also, I did like the first one, but I also didn't like it. Like I felt like they could have done way more. I think they could have done it way better. No, I'm with you, but my so. thing is you had this whole universe plan now, how does Andy Serkis and Tom Hardy's new vision of Venom fit in that whole thing? Are you just, or is Sony just playing it by the wayside and like? Are you, you worried that Woody Harrelson's not going to be in it? Is that what you're worried about? Not necessarily. That is just like what happens to like Morbius. Like, why doesn't Marvel get something? Like, they're, they're making all these other movies, Civil Save or Black Cat. Like, the, like what? They're you, making a Morbius movie. But that's my thing. Like, what's the plan with that? Like, how does does it tie in anything, or is it just by itself? Because before it was supposed to be tied into everything with Venom and all this other stuff. But now we're getting this new Andy Serkis vision. And I'm with you because I, I didn't really like Venom 1, but I thought it was decent. I think this could be super cool. But it's like, what happens to that first plan? Did we just scrap it? I don't think it's scrapped. I think it's just adjusted. Like, I don't think that there was really anything out of that Venom movie 
I mean, I haven't seen what the Morpheus or the Morbius movie is like, but I it hasn't been released yet, so I assume that they could go in a different direction with that. I I don't know. Um, I don't really feel like changing Venom really has anything to do with the cinematic world of that. Okay. I think if anything, you're just giving Venom an upgrade. Okay. Uh, I feel you because. Because, I mean, they, you know, if they went ahead and just, like, didn't put Woody Harrelson in this, then I'd be a little bit more skeptical because, like, that was kind of your connectivity because that was obviously set up. Um, yeah. But My I don't thing know. Is, I just read this Agent Venom comic where it's, like, Venom War, and, and, of course, they could probably never do this because they don't have S.H.I.E.L.D., they don't have any of the stuff. But, like, I would love to see Venom be more of the anti-hero. And I know he was in this past movie, but, like, after watching, after reading Agent Venom, that's a story I want to see, and I know we can never get it, but I just hope we can see a more, I don't know, like just a better Venom story. And I hope, hopefully, Andy Serkis can do it. See, you want to go a different direction than me. Like, yeah, I would I, rather see a way more evil Venom. Yeah, man. Like I, I, th- I, I didn't want, I don't want to like Eddie Brock. I don't want okay. to. You want? I don't, hate I don't. I don't. I don't want to like him. And that's that's one of these things with villain movies in general. Like at the end of this Joker movie, if I like the Joker and I sympathize with the Joker, then they did it wrong. No, I don't think you will, because that movie they're saying is getting Oscar nom. Like Joaquin Phoenix is going to get an Oscar nomination. They're saying you will hate him at the end of this. Well, yeah, I mean that's my thing. Like that's the biggest gripe that I have with Maleficent is that Maleficent should have been, oh, we're going to show you why she's evil, and but at the end of it, you're like. Oh well, I feel sorry for Maleficent. I feel like they've done yeah. Maleficent wrong. Like it makes it's you look at wrong. Sleeping Beauty completely different because, like, oh, you yes. think, oh, well, Maleficent's the good, the good, the good guy, you know? So yeah, that was what I felt like Venom lacked a little bit is that at the end of the day, you were rooting for Eddie Brock and like all of and him and Venom to have like this cohesive, uh, happy-go-lucky life together or whatever, but what it should have been more of is that Venom took this dude over. This dude is not nice, not not a good person, and he's <laughs> screwing, screwing shit up. Well, I'm going to say this. If Carnage is in the next movie, then you're still going to like Eddie Brock because he's going to be the even worse symbiote than Eddie. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that's what, yeah, so you, like, I know you, and with Andy Serkis, I'm sure we'll get more Venom carnage and more Venom, like when I say carnage, not carnage, the character, but I mean like Venom annihilation of things and being Venom being more evil. But if carnage is in that movie, oh, he's stopping carnage. Like I would almost want them to team up for half of it and then him be like, <laughs> oh, well, this guy's just way too crazy. <laughs> that would be it. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, it's be like like they're they're together just messing stuff up, and Eddie Brock's like, yeah, like I want to, I want to, you know, destroy San Francisco, <laughs> whatever. And then like halfway through it, he's like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't destroy all of San Francisco. This guy's a little wild. <laughs> That'd be a very very interesting movie, man. I mean, if they if they're gonna have what's your face, Vanessa is that her name? Vanessa Williams. Gosh, what's yeah. her name? Oh my gosh. But yeah, anyway, if they're gonna have her be in it, then she better have more to do. Oh, well, she said she wants to be more She-Venom. Oh, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about, uh, God damn it. She's in that movie with... Michelle uh, Williams. Yeah, Michelle Williams. Yeah, she was in that movie with Ben Affleck's brother. Yeah, she's a great actress. That's what yeah, I'm saying. She, like, if you're going to have her in there, then you better, like, give her more to do than what she had. Yeah, she 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 came out and was like, if I'm going to be in Venom, I want to... She said she wants equal time and she wants to have more She-Venom in it. 
Good. I'm glad you said that because she 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 should have had more in that movie. Yeah. Because why was would she? In it? Yeah. Exactly. Like why is someone of her caliber in that movie? She's not doing anything. No. I'm yeah. But next up, we got Home Alone will be rebooted on the Disney Plus. Schubert, I know you know a little more about this. Oh, <laughs> this doesn't excite you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. Like, who cares? Are they gonna get Finn Wolfhard, or is he too old? Oh, he's too old, man. Yeah. Yeah, get someone younger than that. Uh, of Tremblay. <laughs> Tremblay is. I think Tremblay's too old. Real. See, then I don't it's know. Right, right around that age, but I mean, he's playing middle school now, and Kevin was like a fourth grader. True, 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 true. Yeah, I don't know. This movie doesn't excite me. This isn't for us. So, well, I mean, like this is knowing that it's going straight to Disney Plus is making me think that it's going to be like Disney Channel movies. Like that's what I think of it when I'm thinking about this uh, Disney Plus. Like I'm not thinking that Disney Plus is going to be spitting out blockbuster films, depending on the property. Yeah, but, but like. It depends uh, on if it's Star Wars or Marvel, because this Lady in the Tramp stuff looks like a Disney Channel original movie, but the Marvel and Star Wars stuff is supposed to look like an actual movie, so it just depends on the property. Sure, like, you know, I feel like this is going to be more of, like, your Netflix, I mean, a, a low, lower-budget low Netflix movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you, man. What, what it makes me think of is, apparently they're going to do a White Chicks 2 on Netflix. Oof. And so, like, that's just what, what I'm kind of thinking about it with this is like, okay, we're going to bring back something that you guys like. We're going to, so we can have some content for you to watch. And when the uh, streaming is there, yeah. For the, when the streaming cool. service is there. Okay. I feel you. Well, I don't have nothing more on that. Yeah, I don't have anything more on that. I, my, I guess a hot take I have is I'm not like the most giant Home Alone fan. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But I didn't really watch like all those other Home Alone movies. I just watched the first one. I saw the second one too. Is the second one the hotel with Donald Trump? Uh huh. Okay, well then I've seen that one too. Yeah, because he's in New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not the biggest fan of that. I didn't think it was like this great thing of the '90s and early 2000s. Like I didn't think it was as great as other people did, but it was cool. Sure. Like I don't mind watching the first Home Alone around Christmas time, but I mean I'm not like. This Home oh yeah, Alone you won't. Guy. You won't catch me watching Home Alone now. No. Exactly. Uh, but getting off this. So what I've been hearing in the, in the space now is uh, that fans are clamoring for Kingsman and Rocketman star Taron Edgerton to play the next iteration of Wolverine. Uh, in a recent interview, he expressed interest in being a part of the MCU. So how do we feel about this? I mean, look, I, I've heard other comic fans because this has been a rumbling for a while now. We could have talked about this weeks ago, but... We didn't. I've heard people like, for example, Ashley Victoria Robinson, former guest of us. She she mentioned how she didn't want Wolverine to be some young guy, and then Jason was talking about how he is. He thinks it's gonna be a young guy, and I I don't see Marvel doing a new Wolverine and not having him be someone young. It'll be interesting if they cast someone old because they want Wolverine for a lot of movies. I think Taron Edgerton would be great for it because he has that gruff and I can kind of see him doing it. But it just depends on if you want an older Wolverine. And, and it also depends on how young are you going with the other members of the X-Men, too. Yeah, it would really depend on how they want to do it. Um, kind of, I'm trying to remember Hugh, Hugh Jackman as an actor when that all came out. He was young, but he grew into the older Wolverine. And that's my thing. Yeah. Whatever age Wolverine is, that's the same age as Scott, Gene, and Storm, in my opinion. Well, w Wolverine 
doesn't age. Well, you, but so, okay. like, that's the thing about that. It's however young you make him look, that's how young Scott, Gene, and Storm have to look. That's what I mean. Like, they have to kind of be contemporaries in a sense, but not, like, Wolverine's not necessarily the big brother, if you know what I mean. He's, like, the guy who can compete for leader. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, that's just my Well, thing. yeah, well, I mean, like, that's, so I'm always thinking of, like, a more established Wolverine. So, like, for them to put someone who'd be, like, in their 20s, I wouldn't. F- I would feel a little bit iffy about that than having a Ed- Taron Egerton. I think that by the time they actually get around to doing the X Men, Taron Egerton's gonna be too big a star. Mm, okay. You think he'd be too, he'd be too big to be in a Marvel movie? Like his blockbuster days might be but might be behind him. Well, he'd be too big to sign on. Like I, you know, honestly, we've seen the Marvel slate. Like we're not seeing an X Men movie for probably five years. Not till 2022 at the earliest. At the earliest 2022, which is three years. Yeah. You know, we're giving Taron Anderson some time to find other roles. Like, we we don't even have confirmation that we're doing X-Men yet. Like, you know, I feel like there's going to be a lot of other factors that are going to keep him from getting out. Out of of all the X-Men, Wolverine's the one that can go to every other... Every other entity, like Wolverine teams up with Spider-Man, Wolverine teams up with Captain America, Wolverine's in, in the Avengers, Wolverine does all this. I, I, I'm I, willing to bet the house that Marvel wants to get someone who they can lock into a contract for. They, they want to give them the Iron Man deal, man. Like, they want a Wolverine that they can sell merch. Like, the next two big people. Well, yeah. The next two big people for Marvel is Reed Richards, in my opinion, or I'd say the Fantastic Four. They got to get those right, but specifically Reed Richards and Wolverine, those are the two next important people. Well, yeah, and that's why I really think that Taron Edgerton wouldn't be the right person for it because of, you know, he's just a name now. Like, it's one of yeah, these things. Think, I think you get tired of it. Well, yeah, like, he's just too, he's too big of an actor to submit himself to being Wolverine. Like, that was the thing with Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. became Iron Man. He was pretty much on a comeback. Yeah, you know, this like, was he he didn't have anything else going for him, and he got Iron Man, and he was like, okay, well, I'll give let you, I'll let you do whatever you want with me because like you got me, like there's nothing yeah. else that, I, like I would have no career if it wasn't for this, like this is it, like y'all got my like, y'all got my name out the mud, like real shit, because like he was a recovering drug addict, like he was someone who got out of jail, like Robert Downey Jr. People did not respect him like we do now, like how like as as an actor. Without Iron Man, we don't we don't show him the love that he gets now without Iron Man. We really don't. So, so I'm thinking that when they do come around to casting for X Men, uh, more so with Wolverine than any of the other characters, they're gonna focus on someone that they I want I don't want to say use and manipulate, but yeah, someone that, yeah. that they'll have a little bit more control to use him in more properties. Someone instead that they of can some, give instead of someone that's a little bit bigger than. You know, too too big to be locked down. No, I'm be, I, yeah, locked down. Pretty no, much. I'm with you. The, whoever gets Wolverine next is getting the Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. contract. Not, I'm not saying in terms of money, but I'm talking about eight, nine, ten movies. Like you're locked down. You're about to be Wolverine for the next ten years. Whenever Marvel wants to ring that bell, you better come. And that that's what's gonna happen to whoever does it. And I and I kind of feel you in saying. Taron Edgerton might not want to do like I feel like he'd want to do it for one. I think that the person who's going to end up being our Wolverine unknown. We don't know his name yet, but I think we'll know it soon. Okay. Like Um, I think it's going to be someone who pops up into the scene in the next couple years, but like Mm -hmm. it's not anyone that's popped on right now. 
Okay, I'm 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 willing to concede that because I could feel that because Marvel likes to do like Chris Evans was someone. Tom who, Holland is a yeah, good example. Like like when I think of Chris Evans, I, I thought of him as like oh the Human Torch guy. He's your Captain America. Like I he, thought of him as the guy from Not Another Teen Movie. Exactly. Like Chris Evans was this guy that people didn't expect. Like Andy from Parks and Rec is about to be Star Lord. What? Mm -hmm. Like that's no. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, our Wolverine's not going to be someone that's like a, a star because they only get stars for the one-off roles or the roles that they can do. Like, it was it was uh, by coincidence that they got Benedict Cumberbatch to agree to be Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. I, he was too big for that at the time. Well, and, and really, how many things has he done? He's done Sherlock. Doctor Strange, and he's done Infinity War and Game. Yeah. He's it's only, only three movies. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And he's gonna do one more for himself, and we don't and know. And we don't know about that. Like I don't. Yeah. And there's really no I, plan for him connecting into anything else. So, I don't yeah. know. I I feel like you know if Marvel's gonna be casting these big role people, it's gonna be people that they can build up. Because like you know now Chris, what we're talking about with Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, now they're well sought out after like i feel like no, that's gonna be the case it's gonna be like someone that will eventually get too big for the mcu that's why i don't know if john krasinski is gonna take take the role of reed richards as much as people. no i don't think he does it no because they want they want him and emily blunt as reed richards and Sue no Sponge. and if you look at if you look at uh the comics the most because they just brought the fantastic four back into the comics and when they do this they usually draw the character like who they're gonna look in the movie. And if you go, if you go Google Reed Richards 2019, and t you can't tell me that that's not John Krasinski to the T. All right. Well, maybe they're gonna do it. I just don't. Do you think he, you think he would sign on for that? He's in his creator bag well, now. Now that he's. I mean, if him, wife, if him and Blunt are gonna sign on to it. Yeah, if you give his wife the role, I, I think you could get him. Yeah, I think like if you, I think they're kind of like a package deal in that sense. Like I think if you're gonna say it, and you gotta remember like they're a couple and they have young kids, and like this is a good opportunity. We've seen it with actors before that they like to be in a Marvel movie or a superhero yeah. movie when they have kids because like that's really important for them. And we've seen it with Ryan Reynolds and, and multiple. And John others. and John Krasinski wanted to be Captain America. He auditioned for. It. He didn't get it. So there you go. I mean, I think that that's. More possible than I think you think. Okay, real, real, word up. Well, yeah, that's all I got on that shoe because it was interesting, man. Because I didn't. John Krasinski is the one that like, if they do Fantastic Four, he's gonna be locked down as well. And I know he's in his creator bag that he just finished. A Quiet Place, Quiet Place Two's coming. He's directing. He's getting more into behind the camera. And we saw that with Chris Evans when he did Snowpiercer. He didn't want to be Captain America anymore, and that's why he he got that character to phase out. I just didn't know if John Krasinski was in his creator-director bag to where he would want to be Mr. Fantastic for, like, eight movies. Because that's another one that the Fantastic Four is going to be locked down. Well, at least Reed Richards. Yeah, because he's part of so much. Yeah. And, that, and that's who Krasinski would be. Yeah, but, I, but the thing with Reed Richards, though, is that, and what's, what's unlike Wolverine is that he does age. Yeah, and he, he does. does, and he does have to be more established as an adult. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily have to do a lot of fight scenes. It's more like his science. He's he's a scientist. Like, like yeah, he you, has get, like you don't necessarily need to get an action star for him. 
True, true, true. No, you're right, because it's a lot of CG, even with the action of him stretching and stuff. But you have to believe Reed Richards is the smartest man in the room. That's the thing. Yeah, like you can't get a comedian. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. with you. That's why if John Krasinski wants to, he should just go be Green Lantern because he could be Hal Jordan. Easy. He wants to be a superhero. I like Reed Richards better. I think he looks more like Reed Richards than Hal Jordan. Interesting. Okay, well, fans out there, no, no. you have to know that... what you like him for. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hit us up. Let us know if you like Reed Richards more. As, I mean, if you like John Krasinski more as Reed Richards or Hal Jordan. And uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'll respond. I almost feel like a, a fun thing to, to, to do one day would be, like, just take a list of actors and be like, okay, so, like, forget about what you know. Or even you could say with everything that we have now in the MCU, here there's, like, a list of actors. Like, what the, should they play out of, like, this list of characters? You know what I'm saying? Ooh, yeah, we should do, like, a fantasy draft almost. So Yeah, sort of like a fantasy draft. So that's something to consider for later. Ooh, that would be cool, especially doing with the X-Men because it's, like, where do you go with Cyclops, Gene, and Storm? Do you go young like they just did? Do you go 20s? Do you go 30s? Like, how old do you do you make them? Yeah, exactly. I think that's, it's an uh, interesting that's conversation. Like, Fantastic Four is going to be easy for Marvel to do. The X-Men is their biggest challenge. Sure, yeah. I like, mean, especially even incorporating into the world. Like, I'm, but I'm not even talking, like, of, of course, that that's their, uh, honestly, that's the greatest challenge. How do they make it in the world? But, who do you get to play these characters? Because I know once you put them, you're leading up to Avengers vs. X-Men. Like, that is coming. And you're, you're going to put Magneto. You're going to... These characters are so important to Marvel, and you have to lock them down. And Storm can be with Black Panther. There's so like... And if you do that, is, he, is she going to be a contemporary of T'Challa? She has to be old enough. So does that, does that mean you make Jean that age? Like, or do you not do the Black Panther story entirely? Each character has... So many stories you could do, and it'd just be interesting to see, once they lock down their X-Men, which direction did they go? Uh, but yeah, so that was all of a, a conversation that we had about Taron Edgerton being Wolverine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we spouted off into MCU fantasy cast. Well, but anyway. Look, look, the DC fans always get us speculated. It was, it was time for us to give Marvel some love. For sure. I think that we're more excited about the direction of Marvel going now than we have been prior because we yeah. are more fans of the X-Men. No, true, 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 true. Yeah. Uh, so the next story is uh, Everardo Gout, who was recently helmed several episodes in that GEO's Mars series, has come on board to direct Blumhouse Productions' new Purge movie. Uh, the Purge franchise also extends to television, where the Purge Season 2 will launch on USA Network later this fall, and the new film is set to release next summer. Oh, okay, cool, cool. The Purge is back. Yeah, The Purge is back, apparently. I, I kind of feel that we don't need another Purge movie. I, <laughs> how, how, how many more times can you show us the night where people kill each other? I almost feel we like... We saw the first night. We saw the most recent night. Like, we've seen every night. of. We saw the, the night where the election went on. Like, we've seen yeah. all these nights. <laughs> and well, those nights were similar to the first purge movie which was which was great every night was more bomb well, well I, I could i would argue with you there that i think the second purge movie is the best purge movie oh the one with the with crossbones yeah because I like, like because what i as much as i did like the first purge movie it was very isolated yeah and well, what i liked about the second one is that you know we are in this like 
America where multiple people are out there killing each other. Like, I want to see more of what that's like instead of, like, that one isolated incident. Uh, But, like, I, you know, I just feel like we've done a lot of different angles. And I think more of what makes, turns me off of another Purge movie is uh, the the satire that's gone into the idea of the Purge. Mm. Like, whenever I think of Purge now, I think of, it feels good. (laughs) <laughs> and like Rick and Morty, like that's the first thing I think of whenever I think of the purge yeah. now. <laughs> and now with movies like The Hunt, like the purge yeah, kind of kind of it's kind of lived this it lived its run, you know. It lived like its- it was a really interesting idea for that time, but now maybe we're exploring more ideas like The Hunt, or you know maybe getting more back into. Well, I think like The Hunger Games was its own vibe, even though I feel like you could, you, well, they're bringing it back, so. Yeah, they are. So, so who who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, purge. Next up, we have. This is interesting because the people who who ended up winning this battle was Netflix, and I don't know how they have the money for this, but Netflix has won the battle for multi million dollar, multi year deal with Game of Thrones creators. <clears throat> David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the streaming platform confirmed to Variety. This follows a three-way bidding war that recently narrowed from six major studios to Netflix, Amazon, and Disney. The deal is a multi-year agreement to write, produce, and direct new TV series and films exclusively at Netflix. Benioff and Weiss do have to fulfill their obligation to Disney for their trilogy for the Star Wars franchise. But after that, they are exclusive for nine. uh, uh, Is it nine? They're exclusive for... uh, well, no, they didn't even say, but they're exclusive for a multi-year agreement for to make film and TV. Schubert, how do you feel about this, knowing that you're only going to get one Benioff and Weiss trilogy, and then they're going to Netflix? Oh, well, I mean, like, my, I've, I have, I've already had this expectation with the Benioff and Weiss trilogy that maybe they direct the first one, but I, I honestly think they're going to be more pro- production than anything Production else. and writing? Yeah, production and writing more than anything else. Like I, I feel like they're definitely going to be hands-on with it, but I feel like there's going to be other people that are going to come in and take over, especially mm-hmm. after the first one. Okay. Um, so I think that we might get into this sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm really not surprised that they picked Netflix out of those three. No, me neither, because Netflix is the one paying like the ridiculous bags, and I don't know. Like Netflix just got who who made um American Horror Story? What's that dude's name? Ryan. 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 And Johnson. No, it's Ryan Murphy. Murphy. God dang it. They, they signed yeah, Murphy. Star Wars, though. They took away Shonda Rhimes from ABC. Now they have Benioff and Weiss. Like, how do they have the money? And, they, and like, that's why they, they're making the price go up. But nobody's paying for that high, expensive-ass Netflix right now. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I feel like these creators are going because of the freedom. Like, well, definitely. You know, freedom like, in the obviously, the problem with Disney is that you got to make Disney movies, you know? Yep. Uh, and I guess, you know, I, well, I'm not going to knock Amazon too hard because they do have a freedom, plethora yeah. of different content. Like, they have stuff from The Tick to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to Jack Ryan to The Boys. The boys. Like, yes. I mean, they got all sorts of things on there. Um, and the creator but, of The Boys said that he had a lot of freedom to do what he wanted. He said, like, the only th- scene that they told him no to was some- was Homelander jacking off on the New York City and busting a, busting a nut everywhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the only scene they told him no, told him no for. Honestly, that- honestly, I wouldn't even... I don't know if I would have liked that scene 
knowing the <laughs> Homelander character. Like, I just, it doesn't really seem like that Homelander character to me. No, but, like, Schubert, he did it because he, like, saw himself, like, he was just, uh, like, he seduced the woman, the the, the leader of, of Vaughn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, she, like, was rubbing on him, and he 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 saw his, like, after she left, because she got a call, he saw his picture in the mirror, and he was like, yeah, I'm the man, and he flew out, and he just busted a nut on the city. <laughs> That is kind of funny. <laughs> so, I mean, but th- we're not having boys talk. This is Benny Off and not yet. Netflix. Yeah, soon. But this is cool, man. Let's see them do other stuff. I'm always down to see creators go to different places. That's like the Russo brothers making the magic series right now for uh, Netflix. So who knows? Benny, wife and my- Benny Off and Weiss might-, might do something animated. They might do something live action. It could be a-, a plethora of things, but it's good to see more creators go to Netflix because they need it. Sure, and I almost and uh, the one thing I will say between Netflix and Amazon that I think that they're more appealing to is I feel like Amazon is like I wouldn't want to say the rich man streaming service, but I feel like it's one of the more like ones that not everyone has. Where yeah. like Netflix is like your commonplace streaming service. Like if you get it on if you get it on Netflix, like you're gonna get some more masses. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's it, like like I was saying, it's it, that's I agree with that point. But it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that just from having Amazon Prime, they have the video. Like, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can watch all the stuff. You don't, like, need, you don't pay for anything. Like, it's just your Prime account. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like people are confused or befuddled by Amazon streaming, so I don't know. No, I'm with you, but that's all all we got on Benny Nothing Wise. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg and the Night of Star Sophia Black D'Elia are joining Brian Cranston in a Showtime limited series called Your Honor. The 10-episode series is described as a legal thriller that rips through all strata of New Orleans society. Cranston Ooh. will star as a respected judge whose son is involved in a hit-and-run that leads to a high-stakes game of lies, deceit, and impossible choices. Stuhlbarg will play Tommy, the much-feared head of the crime family, and Black Dahlia will portray Franny, the girlfriend of Cranston's son, Adam, who's going to be played by Hunter Duhan. I hope this is like The Wire, but New Orleans version. Like, I, oh, but it's a limited series, so it's only going to be like it's going to be like the night of, where it's only going to be like a couple episodes, and that's it forever. But I'm gonna watch. It's oh, just ten, and that's it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to give it a check because I like The Night of. I like Brian Cranston. I'm a big crime junkie, and the fact that it's a crime story in New Orleans. You got me hooked. Like, it's about Louisiana. I'm a watch. Yeah, a legal thriller that's going to rip through all strata of New Orleans society. That's got to be interesting because, you know, I, I see I've seen it less in New Orleans, honestly, than when I was living in Mobile. But, like, the Mardi Gras associations and, like, stuff like that are, you know, really elitist kind of things. Yeah. And that's and kind of, like, immediately what I'm drawn to when I think of, like, New Orleans society. And if they go through all the, the layers of New Orleans society, think about the 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 corruption of like the Mardi Gras Association all that stuff and like the rich elite people looking down at like the the ghettos of the ninth ward and Holly Grove and like think about like if you go from both showing both sides of New Orleans that would be a very interesting and that's why I say the wire s because that the wire did such a good job of showing you the elites versus like the the drug dealers and the criminals and showing the similarities between the two yeah I mean it's like the wire means tremmy yeah, yeah, no, good point, good point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's. I just thought that was interesting. I'm always intrigued to hear New Orleans-based stories, and it's probably going to be filming around town, so I'll be on the lookout. 
on the lookout for that. But yeah, no, I'm interested in that for sure. All right, so let's move into the box office. The first thing I'll well, let's go through it real quick, and then yeah, I'll just say through. what I was gonna say. Uh, so number five is Toy Story four. Number four, Spider Man Far From Home. Number three, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number two, Hobbs and Shaw. Number one, Lion King. But Hobbs and Shaw did claim the weekend. They were number one at the end of the weekend in the box office. Mm, Hobbs and Shaw wasn't making it during the week. Them kids, them parents were taking their kids to see Lion King. Lion King standing strong, man. It's almost to what. 500, $500 Something like that. And, and I'm listening to more and more people talk about Lion King, and I, I so agree. Like, it, it was pretty much like you took the cartoon and just, like, made a different version. Like, I don't know. You made the Nat like, it is, Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, you pretty much made the Nat Geo version of the cartoon. Like, there really was nothing new about it. No, one hundred, and, and it was maybe worse than the cartoon. Sure, definitely. At at parts, like I do at feel parts, like yeah. the Timon and Pumbaa, which was even one of the best parts of the movie, was even I don't know. I thought it was enhanced in this one. Like I thought that Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen were better than the original. Oh no, me but too. That, we've talked about this. Go back, go back to uh, episode I believe forty nine, and yes. we have a Lion King review. But now it's time for us to spoiler talk the boys. If you uh, know, movie on the rise. Oh, yeah, movie on the rise, real quick. Let's run through it. What you got? Or no, I can go first if you want. Sure. Because mine's just uh, on Netflix. I'm going to ha- I'm gonna say this one two weeks in a row. I talked about it on Anime Talk. My first movie on the rise is something you can watch tomorrow. Uh, after you listen to this, whenever you finish, you can turn it off and go listen to this. It's called Woo Assassins. It's Louis Tan. It's the, the main guy from The Raid, and he was also in Star Wars as Conja Club. Like, this dude is the man. I, I, I'm going to pull up his name. But it's about these, these assassins uh, who go and fight members of the tribe. Like, uh, fight members of the tribe. Basically, an unassuming San Francisco chef becomes the latest in a line of assassins chosen to keep the mystical woo powers out of the hands of the out of the wrong hands, which is the triads in the in the different uh, gangs in the city. But you have Louis Tan, like I said, you have Iko Uwais, and that's the guy from the Raid, as well as he was in Conjure Club and Star Wars. You have Catherine Winnick from uh, Vikings, very good cast, and I'm interested in always seeing some martial arts stuff. But it, like I talked about on Anime Talk, I'm going to support an American creator who went to Japan to learn how to become someone who makes anime. He studied from the greats, and now he's back in America making anime, but American anime, or as I like to call it, Amerime. And this guy's name is LaShawn Thomas. He worked on the Boondocks. So he's taking the stuff he learned from the Boondocks, the comedy and the sensibility he's got from that, infusing it with anime. And we're getting a new anime on August 15th called Cannon Busters. If you like Trigon, if you like Cowboy Bebop, if you like Western sci-fi, apocalyptic, like that type of anime, to me, that's the stuff that hits close to home. Outlaw Star, uh, Black Lagoon, Desert Punk, those are my favorites. And then being that this is a guy from America doing this, it gives me hope that Americans can start taking animation more seriously and we can have more stories in that. So I'm going to support LaShawn Thomas and Cannon Busters. August 15th, it'll be my movie on the rise next week, but I want to give you guys heads up. So Woo Assassins, this week you can watch, and then on August 15th, Cannon Busters. So for me, there's a lot of movies that came out this week. Uh, of course, The Kitchen is going to be out 
as yeah. you're listening to this podcast, so we definitely recommend you go see that because we're uh, we're gonna go see it as well. Um, but my movie on the rise this week is the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is uh, we were talking about Shia LaBeouf earlier. This is a Shia LaBeouf's cast in this. It's about um, the it, well, the description is Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true. Uh, Zach is this gentleman, Zach Gott Sagan, and he has Down syndrome. And um, it's kind of a story about Shia LaBeouf helping this kid with Down syndrome achieve his dream. And um, it's got Dakota Johnson, Bruce Dern, John Bernthal, and even Yellow Wolf. Oh, interesting cast. So, yeah. For Oscar stuff? Uh, I don't even know if it's for Oscar stuff. It's kind of more of your your smaller indie. It's an hour and a half movie, but it's getting a lot of really good reviews and and uh, it's been, it was getting raved during the festival, so I don't know. I, I I feel like anything that Shia LaBeouf's getting into now is gonna be hot fire. I don't know hot, about hot fire, but like there's a purpose behind it because I don't okay. feel like he's just going. I don't feel like he's taking acting roles as paychecks. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he's really focused in on what he on the art and the craft and what he's making a really good movie and so i feel like uh i feel pretty confident in shia labeouf and he's being more cautious he's he's being more cautious in what he put his name what he puts his name behind now like you said it's not for the check anymore but yeah so i've seen them running around to the uh, the talk show circuit talking about this movie and i'm i'm really excited for it uh it's something i'm going to check out maybe not review on the podcast but I recommend if you're going to go out to see an, an indie movie, go check out uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon. If Look, ladies and gents, if we can get Schubert to watch it between now and next episode, we can get a review on the website. So I'll, I'll, I'll be a stickler on him this week, see if we can get that done for you guys. But <laughs> as, he, as he goes... Anyways, you, who's going to be paying for me to go see all these movies, man? <laughs> I see one a week. It's for the fans, bro. It's for the fans. But now nah, let's get into spoiler talk for the boys. Oh man, what'd you think? Uh, it ended more abruptly than I felt like. I felt like there was so much more to do. There is uh, when it ended. More, there's a lot more story left. Like with, like I said, I checked out the comic after, and like. They they have some stuff to, to get to get to. Yeah, so um, the I feel like you know this story really gets split in two. It's pretty much Jack Quaid and uh, then uh, the not girl? Starfire, uh, Starlight. Starlight, yeah. So you're kind of seeing the two different perspectives. One perspective of the boys, you know, these guys who are out to put heroes in check, murder them, normal people. And then you have the perspective of Starlight, who's someone who, you know, feels more of a calling to the whole superhero thing. You're kind of like your authentic vision of what we imagine superheroes to be, but that's completely not the case in this. Yeah, yeah, getting the rude awakening. She's that. She's that girl who represents the audience, where she expects it to go one way, and when she gets to when she gets there, she learns that that's not how superhero is in the real world. Sure. And um, I think that the dynamic between uh, Aaron, I can't remember her last name, and Jack Quaid was really strong. Yeah. Jack Quaid really blew me away in this. And, like, I've seen – I've started seeing other things pop up on the streaming 
sh- on the streaming sites of other work that he's been in, and it's I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm inclined now to watch it because of how Jack Quaid performed in The Boys. Like, yeah. I just feel like he's on on the rise. He's definitely on the rise. He did a good job, but to me, my favorite person from this, and this shows me that this guy needs more roles, and I love him with a beard, Carl Urban, man. Like, I knew I loved Carl Urban from Judge Dredd and Star Trek and some of his other movies, but this showed me that Carl Urban should not only be up for, like, superhero roles, he should be up for action movie roles. Like, Carl Urban needs to be a bigger star than what he is. Yeah, I mean, Carl Urban was obviously a big driving force of this movie, I would say the probably the biggest the biggest star. Yeah, I'd say he's the biggest star for sure. Uh huh. And um, yeah, I, I I don't think anyone could have played that role better than he did. No, yeah, there's I mean, no one I can think of. Yeah, he was Billy Butcher, and I believed it through and through. Like I did not see Carl Urban; I saw Billy Butcher. Like he killed it. I loved I loved every cast of the boys. Like I thought they casted the boys really well, and it's interesting because I, I think I said this last week: the role of Huey was. The, when the the guy who wrote it, Garth Ennis, he imagined Simon Pegg. And I thought it was very funny that Simon Pegg ended up playing Huey's dad. So that was a little Easter egg. But all the boys represented their comic book characters very well. I loved Frenchie. I loved Mother's Milk. And I loved Karen Fukuhara's character. I really can't wait to see her more in season two and see them fully operate as a team with Karen sure. Fukuhara, Frenchie, Mother's Milk, and... and uh and uh, Billy Butcher and see how, does Huey go back to the boys or does he stay away? What does he do? And I'm also- I, I really don't know where they go from there with all that because like obviously they're found out, um, but you know, we'll see. Like, I, you're not, I, they're not hiding anymore. And then like, what, how's Starlight gonna incorporate into all this now? Yeah, man, like does she go along with the uh, the seven or does she do her own thing? Does the Do the boys become an official government team again? What happens? Like that's gonna be interesting. And the, will we see more night nightshade or whatever his name is? Because we didn't get dark noir. Yeah, dark black noir. Black noir. I want to see more black. I like noir, black man. noir. He was one of my favorite heroes. Like I, I, you remember? He, I think it's in the finale episode where he goes up into that party and he like pushes the the piano guy. He's like, move, move out of here. Yeah, and then he just starts like jamming on the piano. I'm like, oh my god, who's black noir? <laughs> Black Noir looking like snake eyes in Batman. And can we can we go look at the Nubian Prince, aka Black Panther? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with the deep. Like the worst parts of this at the near the end it was like it was the cutscenes of the deep. I'm like, I don't care about the deep out here in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because I didn't I, I knew it was showing like how the superheroes who aren't like in the mainstay don't have this glamorous life and how the deep fell from like the top to like obscurity. But I did not care about his character at that point towards the end of the story. I, was I like, didn't care about his gills. <laughs> like they're making such a big deal about his gills. I was yeah, like, I'm okay, just... the one scene where that girl's trying to finger his gills or whatever. I'm yeah. like, okay, well you deserve it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you made Starlight suck your dick for no reason. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you, yeah. You and now, now you got to lay in your, you got to lay the bed. You gotta lay, you gotta in, lay the, in the bed that you, you, would, you, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. it's late. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, the boys, was, I'm trying to think of other, like, hot moments from this. Oh, what did you, now that we're full spoilers, bro, when A-Train, I knew the series was real in the first episode when they showed A-Train, like, I didn't know that this, Blown like, through that chick? Yeah, man, I didn't know that, that that's how they were gonna tie Huey to the boys, because I didn't know, 
Like, was he a government recruit? Did he have like, was he like a a, a good student and passed like a lot of CIA tests? I didn't know how they were going to get him in the boys. And to see like he joins because his girlfriend gets killed by a superhero who runs over her. It was absolutely insane to me and him holding the hands. We always talk about if the Flash was real life, humans would die, bro. And that's what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, it was takes it in a really more realistic thing. And it kind of comes so sudden in that first episode that you're like, you know, you saw me when I saw it for the first time. I had my eyes like wide open. I was like, did yeah. they just do that? Like, did this dude just literally obliterate this this chick? And then, like, even some of the stuff that they do with Homelander and his heat vision, like... Yeah, uh, they go way... Like, at the very end, where the lady's basically a skull. Um, yeah, we thought you know, Brightburn was bad. This took it to the... Like, Brightburn did what it did for, like, horror movies, but this was, like, evil Superman to the T. For sure. Like, his heat vision was insane. Like, the Wonder Woman character, Cream Maeve, I was like, I wanted a little more from her, because, like, I feel like... That's I, thought, I thought she was interesting. Like, yeah, she, she had a the, lot to give. The, I think w- I really was drawn to her after the plane. Mm, yeah. Like, after the plane, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I feel like she really wants to be a hero, but also understands what w- the world that she's in. Yeah, and it shows that, like, her her heart's in the right place. It's just, she's just doing what she has to do to get the check. Pretty much, and like I feel like that conversation with Starlight, and later on, I believe even in the finale episode, where it was became really important because she's like, you know, I used to be like you, but yeah. I've become jaded to the system, and I appreciate that you're being you, and I'm not going to take that away from you. And you keep being you. Also, yeah. I want to say this for season two: there's potentials because in this world, there are other superhero teams, and in the boys' comics, they do deal with a team that's the Teen Titans, quote unquote, of this universe. So. That's something that we can see in the future. They also have to fill out the rest of the seven. Now with the deep not being there and with uh, Translucent being gone, and there are heroes that will fill that out. And mm. the, the ongoing relationship now that A-Train knows Starlight's secret, how do they, like, what's their relationship like going forward in the seven? So it's going to be very interesting. Or, like, will Starlight pull out? Yeah, will, or will she stay? Yeah, true, true, yeah. true, true. How does, like I said, does Huey go back with the boys? Does, how does and spoiler alert if you if you listen to us to this point we're about to say the biggest spoiler for the boys like I'm about to say it because the only character I've left to talk about is this guy and if I don't talk about him Mesmer oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Haley Joel what a great role for him Fine. yeah that yeah. was that was a good part but spoiler alert all right three two one what happens to Carl Urban now that he knows that his wife had sex with Homelander and had a kid. Like, like, what does he do? Does he kill the kid? Uh, he's got to. We're going to see season two, man. That's all answered. And, like, how does Comlander act now that he's, like, in charge? He knows his backstory. He knows, like, he's some clone. Like, there's these well, clones of him. And I mean, Ho- Homelander knows his backstory. Homelander knows he was a test tube baby, baby. pretty much. Yeah. Like, he, he, know, he grew up in a lab, so he knows all that junk. My, my thing is... Will they ever find a way to stop him? Because, I mean, like, that's the thing about Homelander, and it shows in that final scene with Carl Urban, is that he's so smug. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to show you that I banged your wife, and I had a kid with her. So yeah, screw and I'm you, good. bro. Yeah, like, you're, you can't kill me. You can't kill the kid. And if you kill her, I'm going to kill you, and you're going to hate yourself. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to experience this pain, and I want you to live with it. 
that's how much of a douche I am. And I'm, and I guess this is a weird thing to say, but I'm still like a little iffy. Like, did he rape her or did she? Like, I'm, so, I'm so confused did about she want that. It? Okay, in the comics, I think it was that he raped her, but in this, it makes it seem like she. Oh, well, it seems like a little more up in the air. Yeah, it made it seem like she left him, and like she wanted that. So I don't no, know. Well, I mean, what it seemed like to me is that. You know, maybe that had maybe it happened and it was like a some because it seemed like that she was it was leading up to that when they met at the party party. Yeah. And so I was like, OK, well, it seems she like she has she has it for Homelander. Yep. And but never expected it to get to where it was at or whatever. Uh, or, may, or maybe like when it actually did happen, it wasn't as what you thought it was going to be. Mm. Um. And like that, and the reason she disappeared obviously is because like they they knew that she was pregnant, or they or she knew that she was pregnant or something. I had to go to them and be like, yeah. hey, like obviously I can't be in society now. Yeah, with Homelander's kid, and like yeah. of course with Homelander, can't go back to my husband. Especially with Homelander being a test tube baby, like y'all got to do something about this. And yeah, with with Billy being the head of the boys, a CIA organization for superhero that takes control or take care of superheroes when they get out of line i can't be around him right now because he hates homelander yeah so, so interesting stuff man season two i should this just makes me want more stories like this like there's a book that that's in my closet right now i'm gonna pull it out i'm looking at it it's called 100 bullets if this isn't the best indie comic i've read in my life i'm i'm it's like I'm, I would be fibbing. Like it's the best. Like it is the best indie comic. It's well, winner. yeah. And I, oh, go oh ahead. no! I think we've come into a point in content creation with the comics that we've surpassed the norm. The norms, I guess. Like yeah. you know, now we're getting the kitchen. You know. Yep. So we're getting the kitchen, and we got the boys, Kingsman. You know, like, there's a lot of non-major property comics that are coming into coming into uh the film and, and what was it the the one that chris pratt was supposed to do that they still might try and do later the cowboy cowboy ninja viking ninja viking how was it yeah no that would be dope but that's what i'm saying man like indie comics with amazon and netflix not having the rights to marvel and dc they need to get at these indie comics and start doing them umbrella academy exactly I'm telling you guys out there, 100 Bullets, you go check out that comic. It is Quentin Tarantino meets the boys, meets, meets like the best crime story ever. It's the best crime story I've ever read. That needs to be a comic. That needs to be a series. There's other uh, comics that need to be a series. And I just can't wait for this. And the boys just give you hope for that future. But let's talk about something that doesn't give you hope for the future of that series. It doesn't give you hope for the future of anything more in this, in this series. Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> you want to do Hobbs and Shaw or do you want to do Young Justice real quick? Um, see, okay, so I I don't remember the last episode. I remember that I remember like the first two, which is we see Aquaman and the stuff with Lex Luthor and how the team goes there and they save the day, but the Flash and Lex Luthor it's in the Justice League and yeah, I, I know that episode. Then the next episode is the Cyborg stuff. I know all that, but the last episode I don't remember. If you want to talk it through, we can real quick. I'm trying to remember that as well. I was saying I remember the first two very well, but I don't remember that last one. We could well, wait. Well, I mean, 
we can we can wait till next week. But that's just a testament to where the series is at right now. It's just like a really weird time in it's that not series. Hot. It's not hot right now, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's really lukewarm, and I'm waiting for Young Justice to get back to where it was. But and they they kind of tease some good stuff because they had that round table with Batman and Robin and yep. Nightwing and Oracle. And, you know, we're starting to see them back into the fold. Like, you can kind of tell that Batman is kind of manipulating this whole thing. Because he even talks about it being a war. Yeah. I think he, he's he's like using the outsiders as kind of a pawn. Yep. No, 100%. And also, I like that Cyborg's officially, like, done with all that stuff. And now he's Cyborg. Or, be, or he's on the path to become the Cyborg we love. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good stuff brewing. Also, the Terror Bomb... We don't know. Like, she's not sending messages to Slade. No, she, she is. What? Well, no, she, well, they, she stopped for a little bit. She's she's playing both sides of the field. Uh, well, she she told them that he's that they're going out to look for uh, Violet. Oh, like yeah. I think that was in the newest episode, the one that you don't remember very well, because like oh. when she and Artemis are going out, she like tells him, she's like, "Yeah, I'm about to be out. Like, we're going, mm. we're going someplace." Real, because she when I, the the cyborg episode, I was thinking like she was she was holding. She ain't, she ain't sympathizing. She she's still with Deathstroke. Okay, real, real. Okay, well, yeah. Let's talk about it in in depth next week. Yeah, uh, but right. let's go into uh, this Hobbs weird movie. Yeah. When, when you like when you text me in the middle of the movie or whatever, and you think that you were at the end, and you were like, you're like, oh yeah, like I'm liking it so far. I'm like, okay, well then, student must not have gotten to the. <laughs> the third part of this movie yet because that's where it gets a little outlandish. I thought the second, like I thought the second fight was the end fight. Like I thought it was over. Like it, it should have been. The movie felt like it was done, and then we go to this like, oh, we showed shops. We sh- we sh- we would spend a lot with Shaw's family. So now we got to go do a whole Hobbs family arc real quick to finish the movie. But let's get to the let's let's get to the bi- like the beginning. That's the end. The movie is basically it starts off showing the different perspectives of. Hobbs and Shaw. I didn't really get where this took place in the fa- in the Fast and the Furious series. I didn't know if this was after, like, because they said they were in a jail together and they they planned some heist. So I feel like that's after Fast Seven or, or Fast Eight. One of those. I don't know. You're but talking to the wrong sure. guy. I like. I I don't know. So, but whatever. This movie shows them starting off at their different points in life and what they're doing. And basically, we see Vanessa Kirby, who is Shaw's sister. She goes to this warehouse and she's trying to intercept this virus that was created by this evil organization and she's trying to stop the virus because if the virus is released into the air it would target all earthlings and it would make their organs explode essentially and they would die so she's trying to get this virus and all of a sudden here comes black superman idris elba shooting up the gang shooting up all of her all of her uh soldiers and the people mi6 all her mi6 agents so she has to inject the virus into her body because you can inject it as capsules and your body can be the storage and for at least like it was like four days and 30 hours it was some weird number and then once those once that time's up it, it disperses in the air and then the person who has the capsules in their body becomes the first host so she has to run away and try to get this out that's the whole plot of the movie is hobbs and shaw have to get vanessa kirby to extract the capsule virus out of her body essentially essentially yeah and uh, go ahead yeah i guess yeah i guess that's the beginning part we also get to see some of their early motivations we get to meet the rock's daughter 
Uh, that's where yeah. we and we also get Ryan Reynolds there, and we get to uh, see Sh- uh, Shaw visiting his mother in prison. We had that uh, Ryan Reynolds talk off air, huh? Yeah, we did. Uh, Are we having it on air? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't understand what what it is with Ryan Reynolds <laughs> right now. But like, when he immediately when he started talking, I thought I was all I thought of was Detective Pikachu. He sounded the exact same. So it's just one of these things, like, is there a Ryan Reynolds fatigue? Is he playing the same character over and over again? Like, is he, is the inflection of his voice just that of the Deadpool voice? Or is it, That's what like, I'm saying. is he playing a role? Like, I don't understand with Ryan Reynolds right now. Me neither. And, and, I, and we're going to get to the other cameo later. And I texted you, I was like, bro, which cameo did you like more? And you were like, definitely the other one. And I'm, and, I, and I'm with you because the other one was genuine. It was funny and caught me by surprise. When I heard Ryan I mean, we don't, have to, we don't have to be like that. I mean, this is a spoiler review. Yeah, the Kevin Hart one. We'll get to oh, that yeah. later. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah. But when Ryan Reynolds popped on screen, I'm with you. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's in this, too. And I was like, Deadpool. It's been the same Deadpool shtick since Deadpool. And I don't know if that was always his shtick, like, before Deadpool, and, we just, and we're just not realizing it, or if... He's just been acting the same. I don't know, but I'm tired of Ryan Reynolds has to do something different. Like I love him, but it's just it's getting too much. Well, yeah, like I was completely cool with Pikachu, the way the Pikachu was. But, but so like, you didn't see that man's bodyguard with Samuel L. Jackson, did you? I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that yeah. was Deadpool S too. But like the thing is, is. I don't think it really hit me until I saw him doing it that it's so much similar to what we've seen in the other versions of him as Deadpool and him as Bodyguard. Like, with Detective Pikachu, since you have, like, him as a CGI character, I didn't really catch into that as much. But then when he stepped down the screen and started talking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, this is, like, him trying to be Deadpool right now. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll say this. Good writing to to name since... uh, Hobbs, his name is Luke Hobbs. They named his other CIA partner uh, Locke. And if you're a fan of philosophy, American philosophy, then you know the famous American philosophers were John Locke and Thomas Hobbs. So that's just a little history lesson for you guys. That's why Ron Reynolds' name was named Locke. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I dug that, like, because I'm a fan of philosophy, so. Yeah. Uh, going to the finishing out with The Rock there. His daughter becomes a motivation, but she really doesn't have that much to do, so I don't really think it's that Yeah, it's not even like a... I I thought even later in the movie when they were like, yeah, we're going to kill your daughter, he didn't even react well. Like, he he just left his daughter with... Well, I mean, I guess his daughter was with uh, Ryan Reynolds. And the CIA, yeah. Yeah, the CIA. I don't think he was too worried about all that. Yeah, she wasn't going to get harmed. So, yeah, you you got a good point, but his daughter wasn't motivation. He was more motivated behind getting in Vanessa Kirby's pants. Like, like Statham said, Statham well, said, you're only doing this to get in my sister's pants. I really didn't believe that, though. I didn't believe that. Oh, you didn't buy their relationship? No, I bought, well, yeah, I didn't buy the relationship. Like, I bought the motivation of him maybe wanting to get in her pants, but, like, I never felt that chemistry. Mm, okay. Maybe more on her side than him. Oh, like, there were yeah. definitely a lot of moments for her that was like, okay, obviously she's into him, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I felt like the Rock could have cared less. The Rock felt like his, like her uncle, like, she, I don't want to say uncle, but he just felt like the older guy that was like, yeah, if, if I hook up with you, I hook up with you. If I don't, whatever. Pretty much. Like, yeah, and he didn't care. But like, thinking about the, the, how they want to make more movies out of this, I don't really know if this is going to be, like, a th- if, let's say that the Hobson Shaw was a trilogy, I don't know if the relationship would carry three movies. 
Yeah, I think it would just be like it might have be like, over in the next one. Like, yeah, they break up in the next one exactly, and that like leads to tension. Why Hobbs and Shaw stop talking, and then they got to get back together, rekindle the magic. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what else happened in this movie? She was Idris. How'd you feel Idris Elba do? Uh, well, that's the thing that sucks about not knowing much about the franchise. Like, was he in the earlier Fast movies as his character? No, he was not. Okay, so so all the stuff that they were talking about happened off screen, like him yeah, killing, getting getting killed by. Okay, Jason. So, Statham. Yeah, because you got to think, Jason Statham was the villain to one of the Fast movies, and then he only came. His brother was a villain in another one, and that's why his family's like a big deal. But in the most recent one, he gets asked to join the team again because they need a criminal's help to take down another criminal. That like Jason Statham has been the villain from like this is the first time he's like the hero of a movie. Interesting. Yeah. So Brixton, all that I stuff thought, was off screen. Okay. Well, I mean, I thought he pulled the hero role pretty well. I, I didn't really get any like villainous vibes from him. I think that may have benefited me and, and the viewer. As a viewer, not knowing him as a villain, because I, I, I bought it. That's why I wish I knew where this took place, because I think it has to take place after Fast Eight, even though that's a little weird. But because at the end of Fast Eight, Jason Stath- Jason Statham is a, is kind of a this character. He's kind of a hero in this. Like yeah, like well, there's got to be that evolution. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So after we meet the Rock's motivations, we see like well, how they, Jason Statham. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they sort of come together. After that, because I mean, what the only thing that you really see, I say, Jason Statham is him visiting his mom, yeah, and then him beating up some people, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so then they come together at the CIA, and obviously they're not, they don't want to work together. And they do the like their their stick of like, oh yeah, we don't get along, we're not gonna be partners, like the same old, same old. Exactly, like oh, okay, oh I don't need a partner. I don't like your voice. I don't like that you're a big a big buff guy. Like they the, they made fun of the rock size. So much, and they made fun of Jason Statham's British accent so much. Like, that was the constant running gag. Yeah. Uh, but so I will they say... Vanessa Kirby? Yeah, they gave Vanessa Kirby. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, that... What was that first big battle that they came across in London? That was that was really well oh. done and really cool. Well, where they're, like, that- shooting around the cars, and, like, it's the, oh, it's the chase. Yeah, that's like, after they give Vanessa Kirby and they bring her back to the CIA headquarters and then Idris Elba and his gang break into the CIA headquarters to take Vanessa Kirby. And then they they end up fighting Idris Elba on the ground for a little bit. Then Jason Statham gets a car and all of them get in the car. And then that's when that... You're, cool and you're forgetting the skyscraper part of that, too. I thought that... I That was actually one of more of my favorite sequences of the movie was that fight. Action scene. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Like, I think yeah. that whole chase scene was probably the best. That was probably the, the most realistic and best fight of the of the movie. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Because yeah. the whole car stuff, like, I could believe Jason Statham slid the car under those 18-wheelers. It gets unrealistic when Idris Elba's bike starts turning into a Transformer. But I digress. That's that's his character. Whatever. I, I, well, I mean, they showed the bike really early on. It's obviously a super enhanced bike because it can drive itself. Yeah, but that might turn to a straight Transformer shooter. You saw that thing, like, it was a, 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 it had, like, its own mind almost at some point. Like, or Idris Elba was controlling it because we did see that he had full cybernetics. And that's what he meant when he said he was a black Superman. He was basically cyborg in a sense, but with his skin on the outside. Yeah, yeah. 
That's so, and, yeah, I I really like the element that he had with the the stuff that he would see in his eyes, where like he would be yeah. like punch incoming, like twelve hundred pounds. And it like slowed like, down time so he could dodge mm-hmm. it and like get his moves off really fast. I know I really loved Idris Elba as a villain, and I just thought it was I don't want to say it was wasted, but like I don't was, think it was wasted. I just think they made him too much mustache twirler instead of like big plot guy because there is the underlying boss behind well he is a henchman yeah he is so uh yeah i am kind of interested in that aspect of the whole thing like i do kind of i wouldn't say i'm dying to know what that whole deal (laughs) is with the thing (laughs) but like that was definitely something i wish was explored a little bit more i I don't know my my big thing let's finish up uh just the run through of the movie we'll talk about that in a second okay so um, after that big fight would happen, uh, they they are regroup and they plan. Oh yeah, they because they get the doctor. Yeah, because they have and to. The, get doctor the doctor tells them that they have to go to the machine in the plant. Yep, because they had to find the doctor to take out the capsule and virus out of Vanessa Kirby. He ends up telling him there's only two ways you can do it: you can either kill her or you can go back to. I think it's. Invigoron or Innon or it's, it's whatever tech company that's in the movie. You go back to that yeah. and you steal the machine that will let you take the virus out of her body. So they have to plan a heist to go through to the tech company and take out uh, to get the thing for Vanessa Kirby to take the uh, virus out of her body. And then they do a funny scene where Hobbs is going in and he's fighting this tall dude that's bigger than The Rock and you think he's going to beat up The Rock and The Rock takes him out with one punch while Statham's fighting a bunch of martial arts people and showing off his his martial arts moves. Statham's actually a good fighter and you see he does most of his stunts in the movie. So I'll give him credit for that. That was dope. Sure. Um, I actually really enjoyed Jason Statham. I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I didn't dislike any of the acting. For me, it was more about plot and how, how things would seemingly happen that were just couldn't couldn't be real. Now, if I, now if you ask me to rank acting in this, I go Vanessa Kirby one, Jason Statham two, The Rock three. Sure, I, thought, I, I agree with that. It was pretty cheesy. Yeah, but I'm not going to say it was trash. I'm not going to say that he did a bad job because I'm pretty sure he was just playing what the character that he was directed to be, you know? No, I'm 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 going I'm to concede that point to you, but I would say Vanessa Kirby and Jason Statham definitely did a did a damn good job acting in this. Well, I'm okay. not a damn good job, but they did well enough for me to be like, okay, they're keeping me in this movie. Because like there definitely were a lot of really really corny lines. Yeah. But they, hey, in the theater that I was in, there were some corny people up there that were laughing at those corny ass jokes. So see that see that's the difference. My theater didn't have anybody laughing at those corny jokes. I was I, only person who laughed during that movie was me when we see Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that I thought Kevin Hart nailed his performance in this. Like I loved it. And I guess that kind of leads to where we are in the story now, too, because after they kind of plot out what they were going to do, they are flying. Yeah, um, to the place. Because they're fugitives now, and they have to like go through that whole bit uh, where you know Hobbs gets detained, and you know whatever, whatever. But so they're on the airplane, and they're about to like fight on this airplane, and Kevin Hart rolls up, and he's like, "Hey, hey no, you guys shouldn't fight on this plane." And they're like, "Oh, you're the air marshal," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the." The air marshal and like he tries to like lower his voice or whatever, sound more like yeah. a badass. And he's like, you know, 
I understand you're a spy and you're a, a American officer. Look, I, I feel that y'all are big dogs. I'm a big dog too. I feel like y'all need, need a third. Why can't we all be big dogs? Like I was, I love, like I really love Kevin Hart in this part. Like I thought he, I thought he brought the right kind of humor at the right time. And like I said this to you in the text message, I really like that they he was meaningful. Like yeah. he wasn't just like a throwaway cameo. Like, like he, had, he had to come back and like he had a purpose. And so I, I kind of like that as well. No, I'm with you. And I'll give, like I, that's a positive writing note for them. I'll give them that. They also played into the fact that The Rock didn't want to hang up on uh, Kevin Hart. And they kind of played to their relationship in Central Intelligence. Just yeah. like they made a, a nod to Jason Statham being an Italian job. Yeah, yeah. I did forget to mention that. They did do that. He was like... Oh yeah, that was from an Italian job or whatever, and I started yeah, they were back showing, they, showed, they showed the Mini Cooper. He had mm-hmm. a bunch of cars. Yep. So they go to the place. Like I said, they intro, uh, they infiltrate the technology company. Then all of a sudden, Idris Elba's like, "I know y'all are here." He he traps them, and then Vanessa Kirby, meanwhile, is is going to get the stuff extracted from her because she turned herself in to be the distraction for Idris. I mean, for Statham and the rock to break in and then end up saving her. But in turn, they got caught. She ends up breaking free and working with the doctor. And then while she's breaking free, Idris, the Mick Jagger. Yeah. The Mick Jagger, Idris Elba's torturing, uh, Jason Statham in the rock, shocking him. Vanessa Kirby ends up setting them free with the doctor. And then they do the, the next big chase scene, which was really unrealistic, man when they were uh with the with the jeep and the big truck and how the jeep was driving on these railways like these staircases and jumping over buildings and meanwhile Idris Elba's chasing them and meanwhile the rock's trying to escape and meanwhile while all of this is going on the plant's blowing up <laughs> yeah like they said the plant to explode or whatever that's why I thought these guys conven- conveniently are driving away fast enough for to beat this explosion in this nuclear, in this with this in this truck, nuclear, yeah, in a big ass truck in a jeep, and then while there's a motorcycle chasing them, like, yeah, and then like when they're all fighting on the back of the thing, I'm like, someone's got to fall off. Like I think this is where the movie starts to lose its ground for me. This is like well, I was bought in up until this point, and also that should have been where they, they tried to close it. Yeah, like, no, I I the third act was what lost for me. I was like. Wait, wait, wait. So we have another hour of this, or you're going to take me to Samoa, and we're going to do some more talking. Like, this was one of these action movies that was two and a half hours long, and I yeah. think that there were only 45 minutes of action, maybe less. Yeah, that's my, like, they had too much talking and too much, like. Too much talking. They, in the talking was a lot of them trying to tell jokes. That was the thing. It was, like, a lot of joke telling and a lot of, ooh, I'm Jason Statham. I don't like you, The Rock. Ooh, I'm The Rock. I don't like you, Jason Statham. And it was a lot of that, and that was the dialogue I didn't need. Yeah, like, you know, even talking about back to the relationship thing, like, I didn't really feel like there was a lot of development of, of that no, from The Rock's it, end, is what I'm saying. Like, there was definitely the, Vanessa Kirby giving eyes and stuff like that, but there was really not a lot of relationship development. And, and at the end of the day, I'm really glad that, like, their kiss or whatever really wasn't, like, a big makeout because, like... Yeah, it was just like a peck. Because, like, they really didn't set anything up for it to be like that. Because all they did was that The Rock was sexually attracted to her when, like, he, like when he was grabbing on her and fighting her. That was, like, the only thing that, like, he was like, dang, she looks good. I'm The Rock. <laughs> so they go to Samoa, and, like, the machine that Vanessa Kirby 
took in the doctor got destroyed at in the final scene of the uh, plant explosion when him and the this rock, highly sophisticated machine yeah this highly you. sophisticated machine get, gets broken and they're like ooh what are we gonna do well Vanessa Kirby's like you're gonna have to kill me and the rock's like wait I have an idea we can go to my brother he can fix anything and let me tell you I was like ooh is his brother a scientist like what, what's his brother Bro, when I, when, I, when I saw that his brother just worked at a chop shop and fixed cars, I was like, how is he supposed to f- fix this highly sophisticated machine that this doctor said he couldn't even recreate? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and that was, you had lost, you lost me there for sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to the Hobbs' chop shop to get this machine fixed. And they had to tie in cars some way. And that's how you tie in the cars. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Um, and and like like I said earlier, with the whole Kevin Hart meaning something at the end, like that's how they got to Samoa because he said, "Oh, I can get you planes yeah. anywhere." And like that was my biggest thing. I was like, "How the heck did they get to Samoa?" And then they do explain it, which is why I give them credit for that. Yeah, the Kevin Hart thing worked. Yeah, but um, yeah, Samoa just seemed like a big waste of time. It was. It was just like, oh, so we have to go here to like not only fix Vanessa Kirby, but to make the final act happen. And so we can show Hobbs's family, just like we shown Shaw's family. So Hobbs had, didn't have a relationship with his brother. So they had to have that whole backstory on why Hobbs yeah. get along with his brother. Cause he ratted his dad out. Cause the dad hooked in the brothers to join his crew to do illegal activities. And Hobbs wasn't for that. They get to the island and Hobbs brothers trying to throw him off. His mother's like, not in my house. Luke's always welcome here. And like they they let him go and they, they're like, we're going to help you. And then like they're getting ready for the the battle. And like they're like, oh, where are all the guns? And then, oh, we don't have guns. We just have spears and, and axes. And that's another point where I was like, you lost me. Like, I don't care what you tell me. This super soldier, Idris Elba's about to lose to a bunch of spears and, and bats. They did explain the whole deactivation gun thing. I know. Was important. Well, okay. Why didn't the helicopter just come in and shoot him? Exactly. Why was the helicopter? Well, the the argument that I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, well, maybe they're not trying to kill their their people. But on the other hand, I'm like, why do they care? Yeah. Why do like I I didn't think Idris Elba would have cared. Like that's why I thought he said get the helicopter so the helicopter could come in and just shoot him. But then I think they tried to say that. She shut. She didn't just shut down their weapons. I think they wanted to say she shut down the helicopter's weapons too. Because remember, when the weapons came back online, they did shoot a missile at the truck. But my other thing was when the. But that's that we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah. So anyway, they uh, Hobbs and Shaw are getting ready with all of the Rocks' brothers, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna use these spears. We're gonna set up traps. We're gonna make this a, a, a real Samoan beatdown." So they're getting ready for everything, and meanwhile, uh, Hobbs' brother fixed the machine. They attach Vanessa Kirby to it, and she has to wait thirty minutes for all of this, all the uh, vaccine, all the virus to get out of her body. While she's waiting, the fight begins. Idris Elba gets to the island, and everybody, uh, what's his name, Roman Reigns, is there. All the yeah. Samoans are there. They're, they're getting ready to fight Idris Elba and his men. They shut down the guns because Vanessa Kirby takes one of the gloves that she had from earlier and hacks into the system. So that's why it's fist to fist and all in the uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw can use their weapons. But, but pause. Did you notice when the fight started, it was the middle of the night. Yeah. and then Really dark. All yeah. the fire. And then all of a sudden, it's daytime. And it's like middle of the day. <laughs> they, that they tried pissed to... me 
off. They tried to so mad at that, and it didn't work. Like that sunrise effect did not work because, like, you're so right because it was nighttime, and then like they showed a sunrise for a little bit, and then boom, it's like morning, and then it's like noon. Yeah, it's like noon real fast. Yeah, so so like that, that that if I wasn't already on my way out, I was out at that point. He gave me like a a scene. Basically, seamless scenes that should have all been around the same light. Yeah, you just completely. I was out of it. I was just like, I can't believe you just did that. Like, why did? Let me tell you when they get you even more out of it. (laughs) As the fight's going on, Vanessa Kirby ends up leaving. Well, she doesn't leave. She's like, she gets taken. He gets taken by Idris Elba and the men. So they get in the helicopter and they're running away. And Shaw looks at Hobbs. He's like, Hobbs. And Shaw's like, I'm coming. Brother, they get the tow truck. Hobbs hops onto the tow truck while Shaw's driving, and Shaw's like, "We're gonna do some fishing." And Hobbs like, "Yeah, boy, we are." He ends up taking the hook off the tow truck, throwing it onto the helicopter. The helicopter's like, "Force powers." We can hook it up, like, yeah, because she it wrapped. Like the crazy thing was, he didn't just like hook it on there. He threw it, and it fully wrapped around like one of the propellers, and like it locked on to the like the rope like went all the way around the uh, wing or whatever the hell it was on the helicopter and then latched itself to itself like like straight force powers <laughs> it was yeah. ridiculous it so was let, ridiculous but let's get even more ridiculous the helicopter starts to pick the tow truck off off the ground one of Hobbs's brothers is like don't worry brother i got you he drives his car in front of Shaw and he ends up getting out and throwing his tow truck uh, things on Shaw's truck. And then he gets perfectly. back to the driver's seat. Yeah, perfectly, mind you. Force but this powers. Is, but this is where it gets even more crazy. The next guy drives up, and he ends up going in front because that truck gets put up in there, too. He goes in front. He doesn't have anybody in his passenger seat to get out of the car to hook it up. No, what he does is he drives really close to the car, bumps it, and those chains magically attach to that car as well. Then he gets picked up some more. There's another car finally that comes. He doesn't have any tow truck things. He has a magnet, a magnet so strong that it can connect to the whole chain of cars, me and you. And Idris, I was like, F this. There's a cliff coming. I'm going to drive on the side of the cliff. The one car that's connected to all these cars through the magnet is only staying on the cliff by two. And driving sideways. Driving sideways on two wheels. Bro, that car, all those cars should have fell off. All those. They all like they lost me at that point. I thought this was a ridiculous scene. They ended up all those cars end up detaching, and then it's just one truck to the helicopter because the helicopter's damaged enough at this point. And then Hobbs the the chain breaks. He ends up holding the chain until he can put it together. I was like, bro, Captain America only held a, a airplane to the to the to the uh, the helipad for like. Two seconds. You're telling me Luke Hobbs, normal man, can hold this chain heli- and helicopter together for like five minutes? What if, if, if it was Idris Elba, I would have believed it. Yeah, but it was The Rock. Yeah. Like, what? So every they all end up crashing. Idris Elba and Jason Statham and The Rock have a big final fight. Vanessa Kirby gets the vi- virus out. Jason Statham and The Rock realize that, oh, we're not fighting together. Let's fight together, and we'll be able to beat them. Two's better than one. And then they beat them. And then the thing that me and Trooper were talking about finally comes, which was all throughout the movie, this mysterious voice who is in charge of uh, Idris Elba. He goes to the voice, comes on after Idris Elba dies, and it goes in the pl- in the helicopter, and it's like, we have taken interest in you, Hobbs and Shaw. And don't forget, Hobbs, you may not know my voice from now, but I know you, and I can't wait. The, the, the battle has begun. 
and the movie ends with like setting up Hobbs and Shaw too. Yeah, and, uh, I think I mentioned it while we were on air. Like the the director was on Songland, and he was pretty much like, "Yeah, like we're trying to do a trilogy. Like, yeah, we want it, this to be like a franchise." He made it. No, so. he was like, "We're gonna get justice for Han." For those who don't know, Han died in Tokyo Drift, and he died into some unseen circumstances. If that person behind the voice is Han, then he really has some convoluted mess going on. I need to well, makes Tokyo him. Drift important. It does, but it's just like, bro, I'm so sick. At this point, like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, th- this movie lost me because it became so unrealistic, and I was in it because of Vanessa Kirby and Jason Statham. But by the time you get to Samoa, you lose all credibility with me. I completely agree. Like, Samoa is really where it lost it for me. I was like, there really is no purpose for this. Um, like, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't feel like it was necessary. I feel like we really needed to like do this, do the whole, whole tribal weapon thing. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not going to dog me, it. Let me say, because as much as we're hating on it, it was still a fun time at the movie. Like it, it, like if you like dumb action movies and you're like not expecting like some great thing, like I, I'm just saying, I don't know why me and Schubert went to spend money on it because like out of all the movies that were out, we shouldn't have went watch this. But if you're a fan of dumb action movies and like can go to the movies and spend it on this, then have a good time with Hobbs and Shaw. But if you're like t- trying to take your hurt, your cold, hard earned cash and spend it on a good movie, I'm not going to recommend Hobbs and Shaw to the viewers. I really won't. Well, the thing I'll, I'll say is like with this movie, there's a lot of scenes where it's really boring. Yeah, true. And that's the way I felt about it. But like, if I'm thinking about a rewatch, we were, we were talking about on yesterday's Bros Who Think about what movies you watch on TV. This is something I'd watch on TV, it, where I could where I could cut in and out, watch the good parts, and and mm-hmm. something like that. See, it it falls under the category of movies I watch on TV. You're right. Um, no, you're right because I watch The Transport anytime it's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, yeah, it, it's whatever. Schubert, what would you rate Hobbs and Shaw one through ten? Uh, six. Yeah, I'm right. Solid six, maybe even a five nine. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it might even be five nine. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I was I so upset when I with this mor- with this morning when I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna see the kitchen. What time am I gonna see the kitchen? It's not airing <laughs> today. What? <laughs> I was so mad. Yeah, you said you like so. We gonna see Hobbs and Shaw? I was like, I guess. <laughs> And I was already so hesitant because I wasn't really like I haven't really seen a lot of these fast movies, so I didn't really know the characters. Uh, but you didn't need to. You didn't need to see any fast movie to watch this. I'll say that. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I, in the back of my head, I was al- I was already thinking about it though. I was like, did they set this up? Like, mm-hmm. should I know who this person is? Because obviously, when you do do uh, do when you uh, um, make a movie Do-do. that's a spinoff of a character, yeah, when you make a character spinoff there is a little bit of background that you catch in the original yeah it's so true. like there's definitely i felt like there were probably some jokes that i probably didn't get because i didn't see those movies or like some concepts i didn't understand because like you said like i didn't know that jason statham was like a really hardcore villain i thought yeah he- i thought that he was a hero like the rest of them so no, he was. That's the thing. He was like he was a villain at one point. 
And I almost feel like if I would have known that backstory, I would have been like a little bit more weirded out of why he had such an easy turn. But maybe in Fast 8 it explains it. I don't know. See, that's what the thing. Like, I just didn't know enough about it. Mm, yeah, and then they had all that backstory because he had a brother. There's another brother, and, like, that's all that. Like, he's, you remember how he said he killed his brother? Because, yeah, he had to. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happened between that. But like I said, this movie is, does stand isolated, but I do understand where you're coming from that if you would have watched the other ones, you'd have caught on to some of the, like, not the side comments. Because, because this movie was a lot of talking, there was a lot of side comments. Yeah, a lot of talking. Yeah. So, but Shubi, that's all I got for episode fifty-one, brother. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I. I'm glad that we're on the second half of fifty episodes. Yeah. We're gonna get into some more things. I think you know, we've even talked about it on this when we were talking about that superhero acting fantasy draft. Like, I think we're gonna get into some more interesting discussions, topics. Hopefully, in the next fifty episodes, we'll bring you some even better guests. Yeah. Uh, as we get back on the guest train, you know, we're getting closer and closer to Star Wars. Hopefully, before the next movie comes out or post Rise of Skywalker, we can get somebody pretty big in that space. And uh, yeah, that's, that's some of the things that I'm hoping for for the second half going into 100 of yep. this podcast. So, uh, but this is it. Rolling. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'll just say, yeah, pitch it rolling. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the month, we're going to do Brooklyn and. Sure. Yep, excited for that match, and we will announce the match after that at that match. So just be on the lookout. But yeah, that's it for episode 51. Lyndon, let the, everyone know what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. Well, we have a new episode of Anime Talk. The Anime Talk boys are back. Yes, we're back from break. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of that. Check out the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast. Super funny episode. We talk about the best rappers. We talk about uh, R. Kelly. We talk about we talk about so much shit on that on that fucking episode. Carmelo Anthony and Brooklyn and Schubert's disdain for him and why they didn't believe his interview and why they think he's bullshitting. We talk about just so much funny shit on that episode. Be sure to check that that out as well as if you're ready for LSU football, Josh and Charles got you covered. But other than that, that's all I got this week, Shuby. Oh, follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ashewer14. And, you know, make sure you go out to the movies. It's August, for some reason, they're spitting out a lot of movies. So go see uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Go see The Kitchen. Uh, if you haven't caught any of the Disney summer blockbusters, they're all still out there for you to go see. Yeah. So go out and see a movie if you don't have anything going on this weekend. Or stay home and binge The Boys, because I promise you, it's highly worth it. So that's it for this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Be sure to listen to us next week. Have a great weekend. And as always, keep binging.